So we knew that there was at least one Black Lives Matter activist who was as a part of the storming the Capitol. And now we get a lot more information coming out on this guy, John Sullivan, who apparently now in, le- in, in leaked videos, he's cheering. We did it. We did it. He's with some other reporter or videographer. They actually got invited onto CNN to talk about what's happening. And I suppose they were claiming that they were you know, just there in the capacity of filming. So Anderson Cooper has them on and tell us what's happened. You've also got other news outlets that interviewed this guy. Now it turns out after he's been arrested, I think he's been arrested, he's been charged. There's apparently evidence of him screaming like, I got a knife, let's go. And like really getting into it and people are being put off by it. Like he's like, do it, do it, let's go. And we'll read some of his quotes. But uh, this guy was propped up by CNN. I love it. My friends, I really have to recommend the latest Freedom Tunes video because it's so good. It's basically a right-wing and left-wing pundit screaming whenever a riot happens on the other side. But I, I know it's not entirely fair, but it is still funny. Freedom Tunes is great. We have them on the show sometimes. But anyway, the point is, here's this leftist being allowed to go on CNN and talk about all this stuff. He was doing it. He was one of the people leading the charge and encouraging people to do it. And then the media says there were no you know, leftists. Well, th- what they'll do is they'll say, no Antifa. Well, the guy's not technically Antifa, because they play it both ways. They'll say, there is no Antifa. And then when it comes down to us colloquially calling someone Antifa, they'll say, he's not part of the of Antifa. Yeah, okay, we get it. Whatever fits their narrative. Now we can see it. We got a lot more, though. Uh, we got leaked video from Project Veritas of Jack Dorsey in his rather drone uh, way saying, there's going to be a lot more after this. A lot more censorship. So basically him talking about banning Trump and how more is coming. And there's some creepy stuff happening. You know, we had this teenage girl snitched on her parents. And this is like totally 1984 level stuff that we're starting to see. So kind of depressing. Maybe we'll talk about aliens because we have that pulled up as well. But then we have some, uh, you know, I don't know how relevant this news is to to everybody. But considering we're talking about the Capitol and we're talking about who was who's getting arrested. We have sto- a story on this personality who worked for BuzzFeed. His name's Baked Alaska. Many of you probably know him. He jumped bail to go to D.C. And then he, he skipped his court appearance afterwards. And apparently he's missing. So he's been banned from all these platforms, which, I mean, he was banned a long time ago. And now apparently his lawyers have no idea where he is. And the court's like, what's happened to this guy? So from BuzzFeed to working with Miley Yiannopoulos, storming the Capitol, and now being, I guess, a fugitive from the law is a crazy story. Considering he worked for BuzzFeed, I think it's particularly relevant because we'll talk a bit about this. But uh, before we get uh, get into everything, let's introduce some of our guests. We got, uh, once again, one and only Jorge Ventura is chilling. Yeah, Jorge Ventura, field correspondent with The Daily Caller. Glad to be back and uh, just talk about all the madness going on in our country. Right on. Yeah, you also, you did a documentary on the businesses that have been destroyed in California. So Yeah, so we got a documentary on the restaurant industry just basically really struggling against big government, no help from the state, and... Uh, me and Sonic here actually, you know, got to be on the ground and really tell those stories. So I, I know we'll we'll get a little bit more into that, but really important story. And we're just trying to focus on the average American again. Yeah, we're going to have fun ragging on California. I've got an article from a while back talking about all the failed policies of California, which we'll, uh, we'll add into your experiences. But uh, producer from the Daily Caller, Sagnik, you want to yeah, introduce I'm yourself? Yeah, I'm Basu, and I'm the producer for Daily Caller. I decided to spend my holidays, you know, not being in the D.C. bubble and walking like filming actual people in california who like run local businesses and like see what's up with them and jorge has been like doing an amazing job on the field covering all these stories so i just wanted to fly over change coast for a while and like you know put put put, like shed actual light on these people so we'll we'll get into all of it but just before we do california failed state yes failing state for sure definitely failing definitely going downwards i mean like people do not trust 
like the people who like rule over them and like they can actually sense the fact that there's like an like aristocratic like indifference from the people like from the governors they like yeah. realize that they don't really care and like these lockdown like measures like not only like make no sense like banning outdoor dining but on top of that when they see their governors like dining outside and stuff like that there's like a different yeah. like there's like hmm. the hate just goes to a different dimension yeah and of course, we got the one and only Luke Rutkowski. You know, you know, some people say Skid Row is the new Main Street. And uh, <laughs> I think it makes totally perfect sense. Hi, I'm an independent journalist that produces content on the YouTube channel We Are Change. I am also a very, very humble t-shirt vendor on wearechange.org forward slash You always shirts. got some crazy shirt on. What is well, it? Well, this <laughs> one, this one celebrates my emancipation from New York as I left it. As this oh. is... The New York State flag, but edited towards uh, my uh, kind of understanding of it. And it says, F this place. And it has two of the people that are usually there running away. Ah. So, I love it. As I moved away from New York City, and I will never come back to that family-friendly show. Also, very bad place. Failed state. <laughs> yes. yes. Of course, we got Sarpatch Lids pressing all the buttons. I am here yeah. in the corner pushing buttons. All right good. on. And we're going we're gonna to get everything. Before we do... We now have TimCast.com cool. set up. So if you haven't already, go to TimCast.com and become a member. We will have probably our first members-only post coming up uh, probably tomorrow. And it's going to be after we wrap up here. We've got some friends. We're going to hang out. And it's probably going to be a bit ridiculous. So <laughs> that'll be up for everybody who becomes a member. We really need this. Uh, the reason I'm pushing so hard for this is because, uh, as many of you may be aware, maybe not, Facebook recently terminated access to monetization for me. I've never cared for Facebook or relied on it heavily at all, and they've never actually paid me anything anyway, but it's the principle of the matter. I violated no rules, and they stripped me out of the program. Why? I reported on what happened at the Capitol. No calls for action. In fact, as you've listened to me the entire, like, the past week or so, it's been condemnation. Facebook didn't care. They nuked a ton of channels. So it was obvious at a certain point when we started putting the site together that we needed to create a base for our, you know, the people who love the show and love we work, love the work we do, because if we get the axe from YouTube or whatever, we want I want to at least try to keep things going. I know I often say that if I get banned, I'll just go down by the river. Well, you know, kind of, mostly true, but I'll at least try not to be entirely removed from the internet. So again, TimCast.com, sign up, become a member. But also, you'll notice if you go to the site, there's a shop button. When you click that, you'll be brought to a store where there now is a T-shirt which reads. I am a gorilla. I know everybody really wanted it. The, this, the chat was just filled with people posting gorilla emojis nonstop for months. It's been months now, hasn't it? It has. Yes. It's been months since, since Alex Jones came here and told everyone that he was a gorilla <laughs> and everybody really wanted the shirt or, or, or just this was the meme. I made the shirt. It is the fastest selling shirt we've ever put up. It's crazy. So we're going to do a special edition very soon of him wearing a tinfoil hat that will only be available oh, for better. like one week and then oh. we're going to take it down. Yeah. So definitely go to timcast.com. You go to shop if you want to buy the I Am A Gorilla t-shirt. But let's talk about this first story. And, and what's, what's interesting about this is CNN platforming these people. How about that? Daily Caller reports, feds charge left-wing activists who filmed shooting of Trump supporter at Capitol. They say, federal prosecutors on Thursday announced charges against John Sullivan, a self-described left-wing activist who recorded the fatal police shooting of a Trump supporter inside the U.S. Capitol last week. Sullivan, the founder of a group called Insurgents USA which formed in the af aftermath of the death of George Floyd, is charged with illegally entering the Capitol, civil disorder, and violent or disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds. Sullivan faces separate charges for rioting and criminal mischief in connection with an incident in Provo, Utah, on June 30th, where a person was shot and injured during a protest against police brutality. For those that aren't familiar, a car was driving down the road, and some Black Lives Matter dude runs up and just shoots him for no reason. 
Crazy stuff. He was one of the organizers. They say an FBI affidavit issued against Sullivan on Thursday cites comments he made on video he recorded during the Capitol breach. Sullivan told FBI agents as well as members of the media that he showed up at the Capitol to document the activities of Trump supporters who were protesting the results of the presidential election. But the FBI affidavit indicates Sullivan was acting more as an uh, more as an active participant in the riots as a uh, than as a journalist. Here's the best part. Here's what I want to show. You got this clip right here. Mike Cernovich tweets this out. I can't stop laughing. Sorry. I know it's it's all a scare uh, a scared time, but this is just too much. You have this image of Anderson Cooper bringing these people on his show to ask them about what's going on. It's interesting. I was told the people who stormed that building were domestic terrorists. CNN is putting these domestic terrorists on their TV to espouse their deranged views. That's incredible. From these quotes, it gets really interesting. Apparently, he said, let me see. uh, I'll read this one. He said, quote, there are so many people. Let's go. This S is ours. F yeah. He has heard saying in video. We accomplished this. This S. We did this together. F yeah. We are all part of the history. This history. Let's burn this S down. These are quotes from the dude that CNN had on TV. Wow. He was filmed as a Capitol Police officer shot Trump supporter Ashley Babbitt as she attempted to enter the barricaded section. Now, there's another interview that was put up by the Epic Times where one reporter said he kept saying over and over again, she's dead. And there were people saying, no, no, we can save her. We can save her. And he goes, no, she's dead. And so what she was saying, this, this journalist, is that she thinks he was trying to enrage the Trump supporters so that they would take out some action like, this would be a catalyst or something. In an interview with CNN's Anderson Cooper, hours after the fatal shooting, Sullivan acknowledged he was not a Trump supporter, but denied instigating the rioters who stormed the Capitol. I don't want to see people get hurt unnecessarily, he told Cooper. Some Trump supporters have pointed to Sullivan's presence in the Capitol to claim the left-wing activi- that left-wing activists have served as agent provocateurs egging on Trump supporters to break into the Capitol and commit violence. Um, I think that's confirmed at this point. And CNN did no vetting and put this guy on TV. Bravo. Now, I'll be I'll be I'll be real with all you guys. I'm actually fine with him being on TV, him being interviewed. If you've got someone who's a participant, journalists should interview them. Why did you do it? What's happening? The problem? They didn't vet this guy. He clearly lied. He was instigating. He was a part of it. I've even seen a photo. I don't know if it was actually from the event, but it's like it it looks like it's him wearing a Trump hat. And he's talking about how he's infiltrating and he's going to he's going to play a role. It seems like maybe this dude's real intent was to rile up Trump supporters so that they would be falsely accused or not, not falsely accused, but that so that they would do something really bad. And then boom, right there on TV. Sure enough, he goes on CNN. And then, and what does he say? Oh, yeah, look, what, look at everything they were doing. It's not not us. Yeah, I, I, I watched that interview and it's just funny now that we're talking about it. It's like CNN interviewed him like if he was actually like a journalist for a media company. It was like <laughs> it's like CNN, if you want a reports perspective on the ground, there's tons of. You know, ground reporters that were on the ground, you could have grabbed someone me, from the AP, from the Reuters, I, anywhere. I got to I got to I got to I got to say something. Hmm. I got to say something. They took one of the people they claim as a domestic terrorist. That's the, they, they keep saying, right? They put him on TV with this woman. Now, this woman, there's a video where she's like, we did it. We did it. And he goes, this is going to be the best film you've ever made. And they're like, yeah. And she goes, are you recording this? He goes, I'll delete it. I'll delete it. He's clearly egging them on. Yeah. CNN says he was there in a doc in, in a in the capacity to document. Sitting across from us over on a beanbag is Richie McGinnis, who's chilling. And the New York Times called him a rioter who punched the window. And Richie's a journalist. You guys are journalists. Yeah. Working for a news organization with press credentials for the Capitol building. What do we get? The New York Times falsely calls Richie 
a rioter who punched the glass. Never even happened. <laughs> they just make it up. I, what do they do? They make it up. Yep. They said, oh, this guy punched the window. And they're like, well, just publish it. And then this guy who's actually there saying, yes, let's do this. Burn it down. CNN's like, interesting. From a, from a videographer and photographer. This is what we have. You know what, man? Life is parody. Oh, my God. It's a joke, huh? It yeah. definitely highlights how horrible the mainstream media is, but also a lot of questions about, you know, what actually happened there. Of course, a lot of people are going to be espousing their theories, but it's also important to note that Ford Fisher just found a Twitter thread, uh, thread about this guy from allegedly left-wing uh, people in Seattle from November of last year talking about how people in the activist community in Seattle think that he might be an infiltrator or an agent provocateur. Those are the exact words from a thread going all the way back in November, specifically about this same John Sullivan individual. Who is this guy? So I got, I, got, I, got, I got a thread from Max Blumenthal. Now, Max is a leftist, hmm. and he goes through a, a, this, this, this big thread about this guy, John Sullivan, saying that he was egging things on as it was happening. He says now, uh, now he's at exhibit A in right wing claims that Antifa instigated the riot. But I think this is where the nuance comes in. I mean, this, this dude, John Sullivan was rejected by Black Lives Matter, was rejected by even Antifa in Seattle. And here he is on the ground at the Capitol pretending to be a Trump supporter or what? Pretending to be a journalist. So this is weird. Maybe it really just comes down to some crazy crackbot instigator who wants to watch the world burn. Maybe he's actually a leftist. He's certainly not a Trump supporter. I mean, especially. No. But it could be that um, he's a leftist who, who he organized, you know, this 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 Provo protest for Black Lives Matter. Yeah, maybe he may be a, he might be aggressive and he may be a provocateur, but it definitely seems like he's a leftist. Like, yeah. And it was odd, too, because uh, I was even watching some news from Utah, like their local news stations also were interviewing John, like if he was like a field correspondent for someone. So this whole thing is just <laughs> odd how it happened but you know uh, it's kind of funny because it's like us had the daily call we we've been covering riots the whole summer and uh cnn never never hit us up for an interview well, and, and ex you know want to know our perspective from the ground the funny thing is when the new york times labeled richie a rioter the correction they put out said what do they say a right-wing outlet or something a right-wing daily caller <laughs> yeah a right-wing yeah. outlet like that's yeah. the that's the mo most bothersome part it's like not only do you like not concede the fact that you guys were wrong and like misleading and like potentially putting someone else's reputation in like life words of harm like the correction you run is like making sure that he's more damaged by telling that oh a right-wing reporter was inside the capital you know what that means why don't yeah. they say left-wing reporter for like jim acosta you know you know what yeah right 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 with credentials yeah they, they could have just said we made a mistake it was a journalist well, the worst part is like it's not like they do not know who Richie McGinnis is. Like right. they use their reporting for kenosha yeah. which right. was like invaluable to like most extent and it, no, no, it shows they did no they groundwork. Did, yeah, they, they, did, they, they didn't Google search. They didn't ask who this guy was. Yeah. They just said, eh, it's a writer. That's the problem with, with that's the problem with mainstream media. Like they are so married to their narrative. Yeah. It doesn't really matter what comes in weight. Like, well, well, they're, they're so married to the narrative that they'll put one of the people who stormed the Capitol and cheered it on. On the news, on as, the news, yeah. As a journalist, and then yeah. the New York Times will call the journalist a rioter who smashed. It's just, and, and you know no. what's the best part of it, Tim? Is CNN is not going to even update a story like, "Hey guys, we no. just interviewed yeah. a rioter. We just found out this is the charge." No, they won't, they won't even update. Everything but, but he this said is, was yeah. probably wrong. But this is important, according to the FBI. The initial reports that I'm seeing right now, this John Sullivan 
allegedly told the police officers to stand down in the speaker's lobby, and then he, quote, agitated the crowd to attack the doors and windows when he filmed at the moment when Ashley Babbitt was shot and he killed. He told the cops wow. to stand down? This is according, uh, yeah, yeah, according to some initial reports I'm seeing here. I wasn't From able where? to verify. It? This is allegedly according to the FBI. I, I need a few more minutes to kind of fact check this. Uh, I'll send you the link right now. There's a justice.gov document that I, got it. I will. Oh, okay, good. Here we go. Uh, in the FBI affidavit, they say several times during the video, Sullivan encounters law enforcement officers who are trying to prevent further advancement through the building by those who entered unlawfully. In at least two encounters, Sullivan can be heard on video arguing with officers, telling them to stand down hmm. so that they do not get hurt. Among other things, Sullivan can be heard telling officers, you are putting yourself in harm's way. The people have spoken and there are too many people. You got to stand down. The people out there that tried to do that as they got hurt. I saw it. I'm caring about you. Hey, this what's wrong with that? Crazy. And that's when and that's when <laughs> Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed. That's another important aspect here yeah. because he's inciting at the exact moment where it was Someone's the killed. worst yeah. scenario yeah. that unfolded that could have gone very much more haywire. A lot more people could have got hurt, and we're extremely, extremely lucky that that situation just led to one death because it because it could have easily yeah. led yeah, that was to isolated. A, that, yeah. They were lucky about it. It yeah. could have easily led to a whole massacre and a whole disaster that luckily didn't I happen. I think this guy is just like the Joker. I don't think he really cares about much. No. I mean, reading about him, the left is like, nah, dude, look at this guy. And I'm kind of like, I'm seeing what they're saying. He just wants they, chaos. They, they, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He okay. wants to watch the world burn. That's his thing. What is going on? There's a cat running around, going <laughs> yeah. crazy. I'm sorry. I There's, tried. The, the cat came in here and started running around I going nuts. Throw her out. Can just... Anyway, <laughs> back to the important news. This is the bonus That's content you've all been waiting for. <laughs> Mr. John Saul. Hey, he, he's just there to document, guys. He's just there to document. <laughs> She's doing her job. That's all right. So what was going on? Uh, we're distracted by a yeah, cat. We're, yeah, we're <laughs> talking about the FBI. And Rich, Richie's yeah. now crawling Dying around. Richie, you could stand up cat. and get the cat. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's gone. Cat's out. Okay, go. There we go. So, but now, Sorry, but but now, Tim, we're getting a little bit more information on some of the arrests uh, that are that are coming out. I believe uh, we had like two Virginia state officers involved. And, yeah, 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 yeah. There were some. Apparently, some cops were yeah. hiding yeah. them. One cop put on a MAGA hat and told them where to go. That's insane. Yeah. So this He's is what, investigation. So when I hear about you know they're locking down DC, like twenty thousand National Guard or whatever, and they're going to shut down the National Mall, I think there's legit like threats because this is this stuff that's happening with the sixth the electoral college. That was Trump being like, "Let's go peacefully march." I imagine there's actual people who are fired yeah. up and and crazy, and the sixth wasn't their day. No. So I'm I'm yeah. I'm I'm hoping they keep their security tight well, and we get through this peacefully. Another thing to really consider here was that there was a lot of arrests made of, of military personnel. Um, so that's another huge factor here. And we had that letter that we talked about in yesterday's podcast about the military sending out notices that it was Joe Biden that won the election. Uh, it's not a contested election. And now there's even a photo going around with one of the soldiers laying down and reading Atlas Shrugged inside of the Capitol that's getting the rounds on social media. <laughs> and people are betting how long it's going to take for this uh, soldier to be kicked out of the Capitol as there's Congress members demanding that the military there are vetted to make sure that they don't believe in yeah. Donald Trump and or our right wingers. He, he read Atlas Shrugged. That confirms it. He's, a, <laughs> no. he's far right. That's yeah. it. Somebody tweeted. There's, there's a viral tweet. It was on uh, it was on Reddit, too. It said uh, it, it says far right. It's, it shows Kyle Rittenhouse. And then it says right. And it shows Nancy Pelosi. And it says center. And it's AOC. Oh, my God. And oh, says, that was the dumbest right? thing ever. Yes. Then it says left. And it says, you know, leadership not found. And they were like, the Overton window has shifted so far to the right that what? there is no left leadership in this country. What? And it's like, bro. 
If you think AOC is a centrist, <laughs> you need to you need to turn the internet off. You need to just go outside for a couple days and not go online, not read the news, and just like you know, do some. Chores, that's what that's along. what goes to show like how much power the left has over the media. It's like they have been able to shift the Overton min- Overton window so efficiently and without people like noticing it. Or like they they do it so gradually, and it becomes you- like risky to say like normal things which people used to believe in like two well, years well, ago so here's yeah. the thing the reason why this, this guy doesn't get it the reason why there's no in his mind left leadership no. is because if you actually realign the overton window properly you can't go further left than ocasio cortez exactly. well i was gonna say now, you, you can you can argue authoritarianism libertarianism you can you can argue her policies aren't effective enough or she's not an effective leader but she's a literal socialist exactly. a member of the democratic socialists of america so let's let's just do this if we're talking about the economic scale, left versus right, she's a socialist. Socialism is is literally the far left end of the spectrum, whereas laissez-faire capitalism is the far right. Mm-hmm. If she was, you know, like a uh, social democrat, like Denmark, where you have a capitalist system, but a large welfare state, you could argue she's just a leftist. No, she's far left. And I'm not saying that disparagingly. She is. If you want to talk culturally, left versus right, which is far left would be progressive and far right would be traditionalist. AOC is far, far left. left. Yep. All, like intersectional, proposing bills mm. on far left, ultra woke, uh, ultra progressivism. She's, I, I don't want to pretend like she's the furthest left possible because there's probably an argument there about what constitutes as far left as you can go. But when you're a socialist who is ultra woke, you've got, you've got the cultural spectrum and the economic, economic spectrum. And considering where she stands relative to the, everyone else in the country, she's probably the furthest left politician we actually have in office. Well, I was going to say, Tim, do you think that that, that picture came from – because I know right now the, the progressive movement of the Democratic Party, they're really actually upset with, like, the, with the squad because they didn't do like, the force the vote on the Medicare for all. Right. Do you think that's, that's an issue? Because I know I'm actually seeing like, you know, obviously like Jimmy Dore and other progressives now come out and say, AOC is actually not even one of us. You know, she's now yeah. part of the establishment. So do you think that's where it's coming from? Um, it's, it's, what's your thoughts you, on that? You can uh, argue that she's an ineffective leader. Right. You know, she says she wants Medicare for all, but this is not the way but to do it. But she won't force a vote. She won't even right. put but the then, pressure but, on But it. then the question is, what is she, it, 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 her being far left is a question of what she believes and advocates for. Just because she was like, my strategy is different doesn't mean she's not far left. So th- there are people who try to argue she's not really a leftist. That she's a careerist, and it's a- exemplified by the fact that she voted for Pelosi and refused right. to stand up. And I'm like, dude, if a guy came out and advocated for fascism, but then voted for Republicans, you'd still call him a fascist. You know what I mean? You'd be like, the guy's clearly a fascist. She's clearly a socialist. She's clearly far left. She just supports Democrats as a means to an end. If we could have a political scale, I wish it could be if you believe in freedom or if you're an authoritarian. And, and, and those those are the biggest ones, because when you look at AOC, she's talking about putting Trump supporters on list. She's yep. calling for the banning of parlor. She's calling for the reining in of media and the media environment. That's total totalitarian, big government. And, and to me, the most important spectrum that gets overshadowed is if you believe in freedom or if you believe in total government. And she, in my opinion, believes in total government. Well, so that, that's that's the thing, right? If you look at someone like her, she's an authoritarian. Yeah, they'll tell you she's not. But she's on the right side of the aisle, though. That's what. That's why. That's why people like media doesn't like distinguish between that. Like she's on the left hand side. She's on the left, but like from that, from her perspective, she thinks that like locking down Trump supporters or anyone who has worked in that government is okay. But and the media allows that only because she's advocating that from the left. So authoritarianism doesn't matter because she's advocating it from the left hand side of the aisle. And well, and so. I think the left fundamentally 
Many of these younger leftists don't understand what authoritarianism means no. versus libertarianism, freedom versus authority, the, you know, the hierarchical control versus the decentralized you know, system. AOC is definitely on the authoritarian scale. And so is Bernie Sanders, for that matter. But they always show you this uh, uh, this political compass that shows Bernie and AOC and like libertarian left. And I'm like, <laughs> nah, no, really nah. No. you can't advocate for banning private insurance and call that libertarian. No. Yeah. You can argue yeah. for voting for a cooperative system. Like if you were to say, you know, even if you were to argue for universal health care, there's still an author- authority element in that. I wouldn't necessarily argue it's a th- it's overly authoritarian. Right. But when you follow it up with and then we're going to take away from you. Now you're in the authoritarian spectrum. The, you're taking from people and then you're so distributing you, it. Yeah. Well, so it's 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 a combination of the two. Right. If you get universal health care. I would argue there's a path to that that is not authoritarian. It's very, very difficult because you're taking people's resources. You're by, by force, essentially. But if it's through a democratic process and a vote, then it's it's not authoritarian, but it's getting close to the line. Exactly. Then coming afterwards and saying, we want to ban what you have now. Okay, that's that's definitely the authority saying, I know what's better for you, and you're not allowed to choose. And that's easy, where you An easy metric for that is like, if the means to your end involves government power... Your, your, the way you're doing it is probably authoritarian. Well, they'll, they, they, they won't admit it, though. And that's why it's funny you see someone like Jimmy Dore. Yeah. Jimmy Dore's libertarian left. And it's, it, he wants universal health care, which is a cooperative system. And he wants them to challenge the machine, the powers, the establishment. Exactly. He wants to challenge the authority system to, to in his, you know, his perspective, force the authority to relinquish the power and then give it to the lower classes. That's like how the left often views what, what they're doing. I don't want to speak for Jimmy. I really respect the guy. I think he's a good dude. I was going to say, but I mean, is AOC, does she even have any power in Washington? Because, you know, she came into D.C. She's yes. gonna, supposed to be this young congresswoman who's going to break the Democratic establishment. But it seems now she's just become a cognitive in the machine. She votes for Nancy Pelosi. She really hasn't got anything progressive passed. So are we, are we overblowing of well, how powerful AOC no, no, is? No. Because it seems like she's now a, cog- a cognitive in the machine. She's playing the game. Yeah, look, look, she'll come out on Twitter and be revolutionary, but when it comes to like voting, she's, she's not. But she, she's, she was a freshman congresswoman. She's not going to get anything done. I think she renamed some post offices, <laughs> and that's. But but that's not. That's what happens when you're right. in your first term. You're not going to have any power or any 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 leverage or any connections, and so you get what you get. But. She's got what twelve million followers. Jesus, yeah. she's not going anywhere for no. sure. She is sucking the yeah. money from the Democrats, like Trump did from the Republicans. Now she might go somewhere. Democrats might get rid of her. The Republicans want to get rid of Trump because he's sucking up all the donations. Not only that, after him, all these corporate corporations are like, we're not going to donate to these Republicans anymore. Right. So now they're like, get rid of Trump. Nah, you can't. No, nope, you just got to accept it. Well, I would actually disagree with you guys, because when we look at Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's in government. She's a freshman, you know, congresswoman. So she's not doing that much. But culturally, she's doing a exactly, lot. Exactly. Yep. When she's playing The Last of Us and she's yeah. espousing her ideas, when she's going on Twitter, Twitch, when she's yeah. going and ranting on, on live stream, she gets millions of views and everyone's listening to her. And she's the kind of new thought leader of the left promoting authoritarianism and making it trendy. Mm-hmm. It's trendy that the big corporations control everything. It's trendy and cool that that there's someone that will punish the bad guy, whoever that bad guy may be at any moment in time based on our narrative that changes and is absolutely bipolar. So so that in that aspect we have to understand huge huge power and influence that that hasn't been tested ha- hasn't been challenged effectively at all in my opinion. There's a nuanced argument I would say uh, to say that she's not a leftist in that she's just a tribal leftist, meaning she says things that will get her clicks, get her more followers, and it works. 
It's really easy to go to someone and say, vote for me and I'll fight for you. Why? Because I am the true progressive. I'm going to make them give you money. How would you like $2,000 cash in your pocket? Vote for me. Yeah, that's that's called whispering sweet nothings into a constituent's ear. That's kind of what Andrew Yang is doing right now with his run in, uh, in New York City New for York mayor. City, yeah. yeah, but it works. A lot yeah. of people yeah. are are no, so yeah. desperate. Oh, they're so downtrodden. They're so screwed over by the government. I mean, when we look at the actual issues that are that are affecting us, failing wages, uh, the deindustrialization, the lack of jobs, the lack of ability to actually have uh, economic mobility in the United States, people are so poor people are so downtrodden that yeah. they're like yeah i'll take it just give it to me just whatever i have to do sure give me that two thousand dollars and of course as as someone who doesn't believe in government there was still i have to admit this a lot of individuals where that two thousand dollars would have actually made a big difference in yeah. people's yeah. lives well, that would have been so important for I agree them with you right and, there, and, and 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 i'm and i believe in like anarchism i don't believe in government doing you know anything for anyone but you're but, not a real anarchist luke because you're not leftist anarchist wh- whatever know? it doesn't matter i'm <laughs> kidding you know <laughs> but look, but look, yeah. I, I I just want to touch what, what you said. Um, I think after the experience with me and Sonic in California, like talking to the restaurant industry, it's like when we're there, it's like we could see these these folks need the two thousand dollars, and and they just need something, and it's just like from government, there's there's no urgency, and it's just we're just failing the average American. So Bro. now these now these leftists could come in and say, here, vote for me, you get two thousand reoccurring checks. I mean, those so, checks so, never. But come, listen, bro. listen, you're right. These people need these checks. But how twisted is it that a dude walks into your house? And he takes your gallon of milk out of your fridge and he dumps it down the drain. And then you're like, bro, I need milk. And he goes, all right, all right, I'll tell you what, vote for me and I'll give you your, I'll give you milk. It's yeah. like, you took the milk from me in the first place, That's dude. Like Keynesian economics yeah. one-on-one. Like if you break into someone's, like break someone's garage door, like it's your job to fix the garage door. Like the government did this to the economy. It's their yeah. job to make sure that these people have a safety net. Yeah. But, but I mean, the problem is it is a, the perfect scenario for the government. They they create the dependence, yeah, and then they're the, they, they create the problem, and they're the only solution. Yeah, they like give us power, then we will solve this thing. We like, we started the problem; it's our fault. But don't worry, if you vote for us, we'll fix it for you. And they're going to make a lot worse by devaluing your dollar, collapsing the economy, Amazing. and then the price of your your daily items at the grocery store will go up dramatically, and you won't be able to Correct. afford to live. The medical industry is already rigged. It's going to be There's even a more rigged. Effect. It's, yeah. it's even going to be more rigged with companies like Amazon coming into the play here as they're trying to get control of the healthcare market now, as Amazon just recently teamed up with Warren Buffett, with Berkshire, and Jamie Diamond of JP Morgan to launch a new healthcare company. So, so when you look at this kind of megalo, like monopoly, huge conglomerate of a of a glob that is Amazon, they they've taken over the book business. They're t- taken over their online retail business. They're they're taking over all the lucrative government stores. contracts. They they're taking now. over grocery stores, yeah. and but, now they're trying to take over the health but, 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 industry. But Luke, it's okay because yeah. they tweet Black Lives Matter. Luke, yeah, it's okay. But yeah. hold on, hold on. Let me let me stop you guys. Ragging on Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Think about this. Think about this. I remember when I was growing up, there were like, how many banks were there? It's like, you want to go to the bank? There were so many banks. Well, then, by, by, by just good fortune, Bank of America bought up every single bank. Oh, yeah. And so then it was like, dude, you could walk a block and boom, Bank of America. So the ATM was super easy to use, super convenient. How awesome was that? Hmm. So here's, here's what I think about. Imagine a future. Well, you don't got, you open your phone, right? You open your phone, you get, you got a hundred apps. I don't even know what's going on. There's so many apps. I would like one app. We'll call it app. <laughs> then, then think about, you gotta go to the doctor. I don't wanna think about what building I have to go to. No. How about we just have one big building called store? And it'll be mm. owned by Jeff Bezos. Mm. An app will be owned by Google. And it'll just do everything. Right? 
That's the future we're going to head towards, That's where people- there's one massive conglomerate. I'm joking for those that people haven't gotten <laughs> through the facetiousness, but the point I'm making is uh, they're, they're hyper-monopolizing everything into single sources for everything, where they will be the provider, and then I want you to think about what that future has in store for you. When you get banned by app, you can't order food, you can't You're use a map, you're done. Yeah. Imagine if, if, if Apple banned you from their from their from I, from their iPhone iOS, they could. Yeah, like you don't own the software; they're licensing it to you on your phone, people, so they can turn it off. People don't question aggregation of power, monopoly, oligopolies if that gives them convenience in their day to day lives, and that's the like that's the problem. Like they like they're using Amazon, they're using like they're reading like Washington Post, but they're not questioning the fact that this one company gets to control so much that if I fall out of line. What will happen to me? These, these, you know, people don't get to. I love the naivety of these people who think that, well, Jeff Bezos can't force the Washington Post to yeah. write, you know, whatever. So, you know, they're, they're editorially independent. It's like, oh, shut up, dude. Yeah. yeah Jeff Bezos it. will just be like, oh, uh, yeah, I can't tell you what to write, but um, no budget this year. Yeah, you don't work here anymore. Yeah. Right. And then and not only that, Tim, we also have to think about the influence of the Washington Post because now journalists who are dying to get to the Washington Post, they're never going to investigate Amazon or they're never going to report on Amazon mm-hmm. truthfully because they want to, they want that Washington Post job too. So then you make other, you know, all these other media and journalists kind of just bend over to you without even having to be at the Washington Post either. So that's something that, that's why that plays a role the, too. The, the Trump news cycle dominated for so long yeah. because it was not a threat to the establishment, but it gave them this like, narrative that they were fighting the machine exactly it was really fun i'd hear from leftists when they'd say like you know i I would talk about paul joseph watson says you know conservatism is a new counterculture and it's punk rock apparently the most punk rock song you could write would be supporting the president because the entirety (laughs) of the cultural machines is against him yeah and people be like that's not true he's the president and i'm like yeah who struggles to get any of his policies done because the republicans don't even like him He, he hires and fires people faster than anybody else we've ever seen and he's really locked up because of the Mueller investigation like the dude was pinned down in a lot of ways far from perfect but the point is just because you're president doesn't mean you control you know anything right i mean you 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 do have a lot of control trump was able to do a lot of things but i look now at aoc and if politics is downstream from culture trust me man give it 15 years and aoc is going to be called they're going to call her conservative She's going to be considered a moderate Democrat by the time she's like, you know, in her fifties or sixties. So, like, you don't no, think you don't think that she actually believes the things she t- sounds no, 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 for no, right now? Does. Is, no, she does. Um, what I'm saying is that in how old is she now? She's uh, 28, twenty eight. No, yeah, she's like she, no, she's, she's like thirty one. Yeah, yeah. I think so, so in in you know, let's say thirty years, universal health care, uh, universal jobs guarantee, all that stuff she's talking about in that little drawing thing she did. That will be considered centrist. Modern Democrat, yeah. yeah, the Republicans are being excised. Exactly. Conservative values are gone, and you know it's, it's a conservative's fault in a lot of ways. I've had so many arguments with conservatives about big tech censorship over the past several years. I remember once I was, when I was in Milwaukee, I was talking to this guy, and I said we need to regulate big tech to protect freedom speech, freedom of speech. And he argued with me, and I was like, dude, if you want to sit here and argue with me that we shouldn't regulate these companies, when I'm like the liberal ar- arguing for this, I'm just going to agree with you. You know why? It's not my ideology getting purged from the internet. So by the time you've figured out what's happening to your ideas and your ideology and your politics, you'll be long gone, and I'll have been fighting to preserve my politics and what I believe in. So if, if you're not smart enough to realize what's happening, then you won't. Then then maybe your ideas don't deserve to exist right. anyway. 
Yeah, hey, Jack Dorsey is more powerful than the president of the United States. I think that that says it all. Um, the good thing is, I don't know if it's a, you know good thing, but I think it's an interesting concept is how these other countries are now waking up to this concept of what social media in the United States and yep. just the uh, kind of that reach between social media and then big government here in the United States. Now, now other countries are like, wait a minute, when it comes to election time, we should be banning the we should be banning a Facebook and a Twitter. Yeah, so, you're right. You gotta just did it. Yeah, and they saw like this. If this American app can like ban their own president, we won't let. Jack Dorsey dictated what happens yeah. in our hey, country, really, yeah. in our democracy. Really quick, Luke, before yeah. you go, just just a funny. It was a daily. Uh, uh, we have a guy named Logan Hall with the Daily Caller, and he tweeted. He's like, uh, he's like, hey, Facebook, why don't you why don't you go build your own country? No, I said, why don't you build your own Uganda? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Well, this is important here. I don't know if we should maybe pull this up, but the Mexican president just announced that he's going to be mounting an international campaign against social media bans. So the Mexican president right now is saying Mm. that the first thing he's going to do at the next upcoming G20 meetings is to organize a proposal where they will work together to, of course, make sure that social media companies cannot suspend freedom of expression. And he's actively fighting for... I never thought I would would ever say this. The Mexican president is actively fighting... For the speech of Donald Trump. That's great. Uh, uh, 2021 is already wild. But this is a pretty big story. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's talk about what what Veritas just ended up um, publishing. Yeah. We have a story from Breitbart. Project Veritas video shows Twitter's CEO Jack Dorsey saying censorship is not, quote, going away anytime soon. It's interesting. I heard James O'Keefe, you know, puts up this video and he says, we got a recording of Jack Dorsey speaking. And I said, man, I wish it was just Jack Dorsey literally sitting there with uh, with his real voice going, now we're going to ban all of the conservatives and they'll never speak again. But in reality, life isn't like that. So it's really just him going, so we're focused on this one account and, you know, what we're seeing with these other accounts like QAnon, it's not going to stop anytime soon. But right now we're focused on this one account. Life's boring. It really is. You're not going to hear some secret meeting between, you know, Jack Dorsey and no. he's like, it's like he's on the phone with CNN. He's like, I think we're going to do the right thing and ban Trump. All right. Have a good day. I just got off the phone. <laughs> they believed everything. No, it's not. It's not like that. Jack is exactly like he is, exactly like he speaks. And it's the banality of evil. It's him going there being like, we're doing the right thing to prevent violence by silencing 74 million people who are extremely angry right now. And I know that they just stormed the Capitol and they were all extremely angry and there was several people who died. And I think it's the appropriate thing to uh, make them angrier and 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 prove exa- everything they believed is true. Well, Tim, I want to ask you, when when you did the, the whole thing when, you know, Joe Rogan had you on and you just kind of like came on and just pressed Jack, did you leave that podcast was like, hey, I think this guy... Might fix some things. I think he like considers some of the things we're saying. You're oh, yeah. just like, no, he's no, an oligarch yeah, yeah. and it is what it is. Because we, we were talking about blockchain technology and, you know, there was talk about, I don't know if we talked about it on the show. There was talk about creating a social media network that, on the blockchain so you can never ban anyone. And I was like, dude, that's nightmarish. You know why? Because then when you're 16 and you post something really dumb on the mm, blockchain is forever forever right? yeah. forever yeah you can't get rid of it yeah that's horrible so i'm like you know people need but maybe that would actually not that be a that bad of a thing because if everybody was forced to realize we've all been dumb kids saying dumb things yeah then they'd be like hey when you were 16 you said oh, before you yeah. say that i can see what you said when you were 16 mm-hmm. yeah. so how about we just shut up so right cancel culture <laughs> won't be a thing about that yeah, yeah. It, it might it might actually end up being a good thing 
But uh, no, I think he's a he's a bad person. And um, that was classic, Tim. That was what? good stuff. Just you, you just drilling him and him having to be like, oh, uh, he had to bring like another Twitter person to like handle the questions. <laughs> <laughs> it was legendary. Well, I mean, because Joe injected it the first time, yeah. and then they were both like, we need to have a bigger conversation about this. No, but like following that, he was talking about we talked about the road to redemption. Like, if in the real world, you could murder somebody and you only go to prison for 25 years, you get let back out with restrictions, right? And I was like, but you could say learn to code on Twitter and, and be banned for yep. life. I was like, a little harsh, don't you think? And so they, Jack was saying, this is now what, like two years ago? He's like, we're going to have a road, right, to, yeah. a road to redemption. People will be able to come back. We'll find a path to come back on. And I was like, you need to do that. And, and it needs to be get rid of this idea of permanent bans. Yeah. Like, it, you know, it needs to be like, like the worst case scenario is a five-year ban. That's still a really long time. But most people who got banned for like learn to code, it should have been a month. Yeah. Like, I mean, honestly, you shouldn't get banned for saying learn to code. But if it was something like we've deemed this to be harassment, then come on. A lifetime permanent ban? Well, more is coming. So look, we have this video from, from James O'Keefe. It's not the craziest thing. He just basically says we're focused on one account, Trump, right now. But this is going to be much bigger than just one account. And it's going to go on for much longer than just this day, this week, in the next few weeks. And go on beyond the inauguration. Dude, everybody, just stop using Twitter, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, like, I, I guess there's a reason to use it. Um, I've said many times in the past, I'm going to stop using Twitter. I still use it, but I just don't care anymore. So I just do a lot of trolling. You know, I, I, I love watching Michael Malice on Twitter. I, le- I learned from the best. <laughs> best. He's, the, he's the best. Uh, he's he's just troller, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've seen really good trolls, but he really knows how to make people just like brains crack. And so I just put out tweets that I think are funny, and I don't think about it anymore. Maybe that is part of the problem, though, because then a ton of people are like, yeah, but then I want to follow you because you say funny things, and then people react because they're dumb. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I should probably just stop posting tweets. You know you know what I do? Like, a lot of the opinions I put on Twitter, I just say in my videos anyway. Just Twitter doesn't even do anything for me. It's just pointless. Like, you know what, man? I get there's a lot of people who really want to get more likes and more shares and more followers. I, I don't care about that. I, I, made, I, I cared about it when I first got started and I had that first experience of going from like 800 followers to like 5,000. And it was a weird thing having people talking to me all the time, getting hit up. I was like, what's happening? And then I remember, this is back in 2011, getting the first super stressful anxiety from seeing like 30 tweets where they were like, Tim Pool's a fed, he's a cop. And I'm like, what's happening? I'm being inundated with all these tweets. And it was freaking me out. And I'm like, I don't want to look at this. And then I just like kind of thought about it and I was like, I don't, I don't even know these 30 people. Yeah. Like I looked yeah. through it. I was like, hold on, hold on, wait a minute. How many people are insulting me right now? I went through it and I was like, there's not even that many people. Yep. And then I thought about it and just stopped caring. But I took the platform seriously for a long time. I would live stream, I would post news. And then I think maybe like it was a year and a half ago or so, I was just like, I'm not going to post my videos anymore. I'm not going to treat mm-hmm. this platform. I actually deleted the app from my phone. And then I thought about it and I was like, you know, I do like using the app to follow the news organizations and certain journalists, so I should probably still have it. Yep. And that's when I flip to just like just posting nonsense for well, fun. Well, the sad thing is a lot of people are obsessed with it, and it's their entire existence, and it's also their entire identity. And when you see individuals like that, it's like, okay, I mean, and, and then we also have to understand the other spectrum here. Your emotions could be manipulated by bots or by fake government uh, p- sock puppet accounts that could manipulate your feelings and emotions based on what they say. That's why I think it's really smart what you did with your website, uh, trying to get your kind of crowd on your platform where you have contacts with them. That's one of the reasons I've been setting up a similar system and collecting emails on wearechange.org because I understand that, that once I have 
have the actual context. Once I have one-on-one communication with my audience, I could open up the comments. I could have an honest conversation that there is no middle person. And I think we need to tell people to do this more and more. Get your own lists. Make sure there's no middle person standing on the ground that could that could decide what you get to hear, who you get to talk to. Because when you look at the algorithms, they are programmed for a specific outcome. But once you got one-on-one email communication, email still could be rigged in many different ways, especially with the spam box. But it's, in my opinion, one of the best things we have right now, and we should really be taking uh, advantage of it. Think about this, man. You know, so uh, I've got on this channel, we're at like 900 and something thousand subscribers. You guys are awesome. Thanks so much for subbing. And we're really close to getting that gold medal. But I got two other channels over a million. So there's probably some overlap. You know, some people subscribe to all three, but there really are a lot of people who aren't, who are subscribed to only one or the other. Then I got, you know, uh, 790,000 or so on Twitter. And I'm like, man, if I could get just 10,000 people giving 10 bucks a month, we would not have to worry about any of the censorship out of the millions of people, just 10,000 people. I mean, man, for that matter, even if it was just you know, 5,000 people, that's crazy. And you know what? You know, the crazy thing is the leftists do it. They do it and they do it really easily. That's why some of the biggest podcasts in the world, I'm not going to name any of them, but they make like, uh, they're making like 150K on subscribers every month. And I see that and I'm like, they don't care about what they say. Because they know they're directly funded by the people who like their content. Whereas I made the mistake of just doing a traditional ad model, which means if I get nuked, business over. Mm-hmm. So I was like, we got to start this. I should have done it a long time ago. And now we really got to start pushing it and making that the core function of what we do. Because if you're, 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 you're better off with 10,000 dedicated fans giving 10 bucks a month. Mm-hmm. Because then you can you can really run a business yep. with that kind of money. Yeah, when YouTube demonetized me, at first I was like, oh my God, I'm going to lose all my money. This is horrible. And then I'm like, well, I just got thrown into the deep end. I could sink or swim. And I was like, let me swim. And I set up a similar system that you have. And I, you know, I started making shirts. And, and, and again, people need to understand one thing that, that you bring up is this extremely important point that you as the individual watching right now have the ultimate power to decide what your attention, what your votes, what your dollars, what your clicks, what prevails. If you want the nonsense to prevail, you're going to focus on the nonsense and give your energy and time and focus on that nonsense. If you want good things to prevail, you're going to make sure those good things do prevail by investing in them with we your used, time. We used to do, uh, when I used to do fundraising, they would have these little gimmicks where they'd be like, it's 10 bucks a month, not even a cup of coffee every day. So you know what you do? Instead of getting that, that venti, you get a grande instead, and boom, you're supporting your favorite creator. At the time, we are talking about nonprofits. So we're like, you want to save the rainforest, right? Forgo one cup of coffee per month. Boom, you're saving the rainforest. You got to do what you can to, to, to help support the things you like. But but uh, I really want to stress that point. Out of the you know combined follower count of all of my socials, around like four plus million, we only need 10,000 people. And then we're totally financially independent from this entire system. But I'm talking like 10,000 people at 10 bucks a month is expansion territory. Like new buildings, new staff, new news. That's the territory we want to get into. Now, with Jack Dorsey saying it's going to keep expanding, I'm thinking maybe I should just stop using Twitter. Look, I like the Twitter list I've curated of people I follow because I got a good balance and I use it for news aggregation. Getting banned would kind of, you know, hurt my ability to follow the news. So why 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 bother even contributing so, like, to the noise? You, like given the fact that the subscription model and this this ad model is getting more popular with like people on the left and people on the right, do you think like the concept of like the public square is gonna be like outdated or is like even oh, over, is. is like overrated? Twitter Twitter destroyed it. 
Yeah. Twitter Twitter really is, is the place they destroyed it because that's where up-to-date political news happens. Yeah. You yeah. know, f- Facebook is like a bulletin board where you walk up and you put something on the wall and you walk away. Uh-huh. Twitter is like the people standing there talking to each other. Each other, yeah. So them taking the power and giving it to the left and then the left acting like it's not happening is what's the end of even moderate views in this country. When do you think that switch happened, though? I mean, it's gradual. It's grains of sand in a heat, right? So over time, Twitter has become more and more prominent. I think Donald Trump played a huge role in it. Donald Trump should have gone to another platform. He didn't do it. Do you think that was like the guilt for them? Like, yeah, we did not. We the fact that we covered the WikiLeaks story and all this, all this, like, gave credence to this guy. And now he's in like the president's seat. Like, that's like the guilt for them. Yeah, maybe. But the the real issue is that Jack Dorsey seems to have never talked to a conservative before. Yeah. So like when he went on the Joe Rogan podcast, it was it was aptly and accurately pointed out by many conservatives. They were like. Why are four liberals sitting in a room talking about banning conservatives and two <laughs> liberals are defending conservatives instead of having the conservatives actually in there to defend themselves? Oh, that's a great point. Yeah. Now Joe asked me to come. I'm admittedly a liberal on, on most of these issues, but I believe in freedom. Yeah. I don't think the current version of liberal is even liberal. No. These are like authoritarian. It's like progressive left. Yeah. But it's not even, you know, the people who say they're liberals are just tribal Democrats, you know, so that we might agree on some economic issues, but they don't agree on freedom. No. So it, it really just comes down to the fact that Jack doesn't know he, he lives in a bubble a far left ultra progressive bubble echo chamber yeah and he thinks it's normal yeah so he's like when he hears a conservative say i think uh you know he'll hear conservatives say we need to have better uh border security to make sure that we can protect our jobs he goes <gasps> a nazi right. it's like actually that's most of the country but you live in yeah. a bubble so i'll tell you one thing man when i when i heard there are some some leftists who have shows where they've got like 30 or fifty thousand people giving every month. And I'm like, that one leftist dude is a millionaire because leftists are collectivists. Yeah. Because when the, when, when the authority says rally to me and they raise their fist, they all say, yes, it's what they believe in. Conservatives don't really do that. No. Conservatives are more individualist. So I think this is a big weakness for conservatives. You know, Crowder has mug club. So he's right. absolutely been on, 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 on the game with this. And you think about it. When YouTube nuked him, he was fine. Why? Yeah. He's got mug club. He has the backing of the mug club. Yep, yeah. Yep. And I was like, man, what am I doing? I was like, we really got to make sure we have that barrier. I've, I've taken donations from people for a long time. I never like very, like stress it to an extreme degree, but this is, this, this is the, the, the legit reason to make sure that we're, we're hearing the words straight out of Jack Dorsey's mouth. The bombs are dropping. And then we're seeing it, um, right after the uh, January 6th, Instagram actually started, um, deleting a lot of like photojournalists like a lot of their posts just from the six so now if you just report the news like straight that's news, what happened to me dude you're, you're now gonna get shadow banned censor you're gonna get warnings gonna get all this stuff uh deleted so first it starts off with trump and then now we're just gonna we're gonna start moving into the people who just do straight news like people that i literally just do news i was seeing them get their stuff nuked on instagram facebook and yeah and then we're gonna see it on on twitter too so I mean, this is just, it's horrible. I mean, and the thing is for me is it's easy. Like I would love to be in a position to be like, I, I want to delete Twitter, but I'm still on the, on the up and coming where I need Twitter for the type of work that I do, you know, field yep. correspondent journalism. So very tough spot for people like me right now. And it's just like, what, you know, what, what do we do at this point? But you don't, you don't have to contribute to like the core of what's causing Twitter to be a problem. You can post news, you can follow news. I'm talking about, you know, when I tweet jokes or trolling, it it gives people a reason to use the platform. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm kind of like maybe I should just mm. use it as a as a business vehicle of reading pe- what people are talking about. You know, I used to do segments where I would see someone like do a Twitter thread and then I would argue a little bit, and I was just like, I don't care about these people. 
I don't care about taking some verified blue check with a million followers and then doing a video where I'm like, well, here's why they're wrong. I'm not interested. Maybe sometimes, but I've tried to get away from a lot of that stuff and just keep focused on the news. And I think the more we keep our addictions to Twitter for whatever reason, then, you know, it's just going to keep this, this, it's going to keep dominating the system. And it's, it's our collective voices using the platform that gives Jack Dorsey the power to decide what the culture is going to be in the next decade or so. You think, which is why Gab is great. Yeah. And every year gets gets a little bit um like from and from my perspective every year it was getting is getting worse on Twitter because um last year one thing that I was able to not me like report on a lot but I was able to use my platform to communicate with these journalists is um is in, uh, last year and it's just still the problem now is the problem with the Mexican cartels in in Mexico. So one thing that I was able to discover with Twitter is Twitter actually at least last year, they were letting a lot of those videos just flow on. And we were able to show the American audience, like, hey, this is what goes on in Mexico with the cartels and stuff. But then as soon as the new year started, um, they banned all these, like, violence videos, which I get. But I still think I still think that Twitter needs to respect the newsworthy of the, of these subjects because now we don't see them. And then also, right. too, around – I remember um, in the beginning of 2019, you can't even see these videos now, is when Iraq was starting to protest. You would see how the government was uh, doing the internet blackout in Iraq. They were killing a lot of their, their uh, protesters who were unarmed. You got to see that stuff on Twitter, and as soon as 2020 started – Yep. They don't even let that stuff fly. So it's, it's like now we can't even inform the public of like these real situations in these countries, too. Well, another thing you really need to understand here is that they're ruling with fear. They're setting up this chilling effect. Look, innocent people got hit who just report on the news. They get taken away. And, right. and I wouldn't be surprised if potentially, this is just my theory, Jack Dorsey released that video himself to, to set up this chilling effect saying, you better behave, you better do what we say, you better censor yourself, or we're going to totally cut you off yeah. because more cuts are coming and they knew what they were doing because when we look at the onset of like google and google video youtube blip tv whatever it was it was first new kind of software new systems new websites that were very kind of out there in the open if you liked the video if you subscribed to a channel you would actually see the channel the, the the channels that were most viewed were listed these are the most viewed channels of course a lot of anti-establishment anti-corporate dominant stuff came up and it scared the other bejesus out of people and they were like crack dealers because that that little whiff of freedom was a little crack you know in new york city when i grew up crack dealers would give crack to, to people who were downtrodden so they get for free at first yeah, yeah. they would get downtrodden they would they would take the crack they would they, then they would become crackheads and customers that they would of course uh use free and sample, abuse dude. yeah always they always had the free samples for a reason they did the same thing with social media and that's why some people akin social media addiction to alcoholism even there's been some studies showing that it could be even more severe than chemical dependency your link to this cyborg machine that is literally programmed to keep you addicted to it as they even work with gambling institutions to try to gamify everything so you're stuck into the gaze blindly that's, looking listen, giving away your soul to it that's why they never got rid of follower count or retweet count they talked about it and they never did and the reason is they know what drives people to use twitter is earning points endorphins, that's the thesis of the dopamine hit like yep, that was yep, the yep. whole concept of like social dilemma like they shed a really good light on it like this is actually designed to keep your attention like everything about it like the fact that when you like scroll up and it kind of like gives you like a bounce effect and like kind of refreshes that's like the lottery machine they work with the top psychologists exactly psychology yeah. experts in the world to try to get you hooked on it like 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 you're and, a drug addict and that's why luke and i i know luke has actually said this before so it's not anything new but that's why 
uh, if you look at like teenage girls, their depression is, is the exactly. highest it's yep. ever been because yep. the endorphin, like, oh my God, he liked my picture. Double so, tap, friend request. Da, 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 da. Now that we're we're constantly bringing this up, uh, go to TimCast.com and become a member <laughs> because I can't imagine they're going to be yeah. happy. I, I mean, yeah, but it's it's it's, it's, it's this is I'm, I'm loving this segment. I'm like, yes, yes. Right. Let's explain to people the very serious threat we're, fra- we're facing and why I'm like, we need to build this 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 backboard safety net kind of deal because my Facebook is effectively shut down. I'm allowed to post, but I can't monetize, wow. and they've they've shadow banned basically. So it's effectively done. Why? Because on January 6th, I made a video saying, "Here's what's happening, man. This is crazy. Look at this. Look at that. Look at this." That was it. Can't allow it. News is not allowed. So gone. But I want to I want to talk about something in this. You know, there there when we're talking about addiction. There, you got to think about what the addiction drives people to do to fulfill that addiction. We've all heard the story about the dude willing to go to great lengths to get that next hit. You know, they, they make TV shows about it. You know, people want drugs. They'll sell their possessions. They'll rob from their families. They'll do uh, things with people they wouldn't normally do because they're desperate for that hit. And that brings me to this next story. Uh, this is from AZ Central. Warrant issued for uh, a warrant issued for arrest of far right streamer Tim Baked Alaska Gianette after he violates release conditions, fails to show in court. Now, for many of you, you may not know who this guy is. Many of you may, but uh, he's been involved a lot in politics. He used to work for BuzzFeed. He then worked for Milo Yiannopoulos, and uh, I've actually interviewed him in the past. He was associated with right wing groups and then alt right groups and then argued uh, he wasn't alt right. And then it goes back and forth. But the reality is, I think what we've learned from his time at BuzzFeed, his attempt at being a rapper, is that he's actually just driven to get likes. He's driven to get attention on social media. And I think his story and everything this guy's done, he was, he was, he's, he's in, he's, he's filming himself storming the Capitol. He's pointing the camera and he's like, Trump's going to be really happy with us. And he picks up mm-hmm. Pelosi's phone or whatever and he's making jokes. He's gone so far off the deep end. There are a lot of people, right? So uh, uh, before we read into this, I want to mention Joey Salads, right? You guys know Joey Salads? Yep, yep. We had him on the show. He he made a YouTube video where he hired black men to vandalize a car with Trump support, like Trump merchandise in it. And what he did was he was like, I'm going to leave this this car with Trump supporter stuff in it in this neighborhood and see what happens. And the next scene is black men damaging the vehicle. Somebody in the apartment above filmed it. And saw what what he what Joey had done, and then right when he released the video, sent the footage to I think H three H three, and then busted wow. him, staging this attack, which was and many many people said it was racist or fueling racism, whatever you want to call it. And so I snapped at the dude. I was yelling at him. I was like, "This is disgusting behavior." But Joey, you know, he apologized. M- most people just don't give him a chance at redemption. But I've always said, if you don't at least let someone try to do better, they won't. They'll go the other direction. So I, I had a conversation with him, and he, what he said to me, what he said to many other people, is that he didn't realize how far he had gone yep. in making this content and chasing mm. after the money and the views. Now you look at someone like Baked Alaska, he's got no limit. It's all about the next one up to get that hit, to make that money, to get those likes, to get that traffic. And then it, 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 he winds up, listen, here's the story. I'll give you the gist of it. He jumped bail, according to AZ Central, to go to D.C. in the first place, breaking the law. He breaks the law going in the building and films himself doing it. And then he doesn't show up for court and his lawyer can't get a hold of him. He has been driven to the extreme and yep. chasing after this night. The crazy thing, he got started at BuzzFeed. Ben Smith, former editor in chief, I believe was the one who hired him. He wrote an op-ed about it. You take this young person, you put him in this environment where you're like, get those likes, get those likes. This is what BuzzFeed's all about. Get those shares, get those shares. And they're going to, and, and I don't think BuzzFeed gets to uh, absolve themselves of the responsibility of what they created in this dude. 
Well, if you look at the inner workings of BuzzFeed, they actually have entire walls dedicated to how many licks, uh, likes, how many hits an article gets. Uh, don't look at me like that, Lydia. <laughs> you uh, said licks. Uh, I know I did. It was a fraudulent <laughs> slip. But but they incentivize Freudian you. Slip. you <laughs> potato, potato. <laughs> they, they incentivize. Uh, I'm Polish and dyslexic. They incentivize literally uh, get as many hits as you can. So is it fair to say that, that Baked Alaska is a product of BuzzFeed and BuzzFeed radicalized? I, yes. I, I don't, BuzzFeed radicalized. <laughs> I don't I'm, think, not, I'm not trying to make a joke about it, though. It's yeah. true. I don't think he is. I think he was already like that because even before the whole capital thing, I would actually see some of his videos just on Twitter with those circulating it'll just be him walking into like a grocery store with no mask and then people telling him where to mask and then he'll tell him like dude, to dude, f dude. off the buzzfeed stuff was years and years and years ago nobody knew who he was when he worked at buzzfeed oh yeah no. and he gets hired for this job where they incentivize his behavior bro those things you do that shot content you can make oh, money okay. doing yeah, he was like greeted in that yeah. system and like there's no wonder that he right now like that became his whole model well let's let's, let's yeah. read this so uh this is from ac central they say a scottsdale judge issued a warrant for the arrest of far-right social media personality Tim Baked Alaska Giannette after he said Giannette violated conditions of his release by leaving the state last week to go to Washington, where he apparently <laughs> live-streamed the U.S. Capitol riot. Giannette already was facing misdemeanor charges of assault, disorderly conduct, and criminal trespass in Scottsdale City Court after police allege he refused to leave a bar and then pepper-sprayed an employee. He had been released in that case with the agreement he not leave the state without the court's permission. Didn't he film himself doing that? Yes. Yeah. He you filmed himself on uh, on a, on a D live live stream. Yeah. Picks Sprang up somebody. Yeah. Picks up the picks up the the Senate phone and acts like he's like uh, talking to Donald Trump. It just it's an all bad video. <laughs> so it, they say Judge James Blake was not pleased that the 33 year old Jeanette chose to skip his court hearing without explanation, and even Jeanette's attorney Zach Thornley was unable to reach his client on the phone during the court hearing. Now, my understanding is that DLive banned him. Yeah. He is, look, I remember when he was posting these, like, ironic Nazi jokes on Twitter. And then he, he I interviewed him and he said, look, it was just supposed to be edgy and it was supposed to trigger the left who was freaking out. And it was a mistake. And I was like, okay. And then he does it again and again and again. And then he, and then he gets banned. He had like 250,000 followers oh, on Twitter. Oh, huge. Yeah. And he gets banned because Even he just would not stop. He was constantly trying to one-up everything. So I was like, okay, dude was clearly lying to me. Now we see where he's gone since then. It is just a constant one-up. I tell you, man, when you're an addict and you are chasing after that hit, I don't care if it's social media or drugs, this dude is now a fugitive from the law. Isn't it crazy how yes. like we, we, we talk about social media being addictive, how you guys are mentioning that, it, you, Luke, you said it was like alcoholism, something crazier than that. Here's a guy now who his lawyer can't find him and the judge wants him locked up. And he's probably he's probably facing oh, uh, federal charges oh, for yeah. the right. This, this this warrant we're talking about, that's that's Scottsdale, Arizona. That's Arizona, right? That's not we're not even talking about what's what's gonna hey, happen with the FBI. Federal prison to own the libs. Mm -hmm. No, nah, but for the likes, man. That's this is the important thing, right? I don't think Baked Alaska is far right. I think he's just He's like a social media saying whatever he can to whoever will listen. Yeah. And social media prostitute. I don't here, know here, here's, here's what happened yeah. to a lot of people on Twitter. They would post a meme. And if it was like left or right, probably right, because most memes are being produced by the yeah, right. Right. Yeah. They get a ton of likes. Feels good. A lot of shares, mm -hmm. more followers, more followers. So they one up it and they chase after it with no end. No point of self-reflection. At no point do they say, hey, whoa, maybe that's too much like Joey Salads did. Yeah. Only until he got caught and shut down did Joey realize like I didn't realize what I was doing. And now he's stopped. And now his videos are like hokey pranks with his girlfriend where like he's oh. he puts like sprays with ketchup Tim, I don't, or something. Um, really quick. Yeah. Uh, hey, 
attention is a hell of a drug. Yeah, yeah. man. Tim, I don't know if you ever, um, or Luke, if you guys in Sognik, if you guys heard, heard of this uh, social media girl, she was, it was a couple years ago. Her name was, because um, now that we're speaking about this, just brings me up to my head. Her name was Lil Tay. And she was like, <laughs> yeah, she, was a drug. she was like a 10 year old girl, regular girl, and her brother try to groom her to be this like fake social media oh, rapper yeah. and basically she, she her, her videos would be like you know you put the camera on her she'd be like i'm little tay i'm 10 years old and she just have money she's like i'm rich this is my ferrari and she just g- got into it and then i think uh, i forgot what investigator reporter was able to pull the videos where her brother is literally training her behind a green screen like and she's just like a regular 10 year girl she's like what do yeah. i say say it like this be more ignorant and yep. it was just now now that we're speaking about that addiction it was like it was that too. Like they were just yeah, that, that yeah. likes, that likes, that likes, and well, there was, fake image. There was cases of of people abusing their children for YouTube videos. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that you oh, know, Philip man. DeFranco even Dude, called out yeah. and brought to everyone's attention. That was able to actually take them down because if it wasn't for individuals like like Philip DeFranco to to actually address this, no one would have known. They would have kept growing in numbers. But he and I think a couple of his viewers took all of the videos and they made a, compilish, a compilation and it, it, it was akin to child abuse of them yeah. putting their children in front of the camera, making them fight, doing everything for yep. attention. Slapping them. Slapping them, hitting them. I mean, it, it's just absolutely there crazy a, how low people will go. There was a video on YouTube of a dad giving his daughter a vaccine be, be, and like pulling her pants down and putting the needle in her butt and it had like oh. 12 million views. I don't, I don't, uh, it wasn't in America, but there was this phenomenon that happened on YouTube where bots figured out what was getting clicks and created these insane videos of like, you'd see these cartoon thumbnails of like uh, a a guy drinking out of a urinal and it's for real, like a cartoon and you click the video and it's like, uh, what what was Spider-Man, Joker and Elsa running around with music and then Elsa was pregnant. And Joker would have a gigantic syringe because those were for some reason what the algorithm was promoting. So these people are chasing mm. after whatever they can get. So the algorithms are turning us into lunatics. Yeah. I look yeah. at, I look, dude, I, I get messages from people, man. I don't know what's happened to my friends. No joke. I have left wing friends who think that I, I don't even want to get into the conspiracy stuff they believe, but it's like the, you've heard of QAnon. You know why? Because the media talks about it and they go, ha ha, look how dumb the right wings, right wingers are. But the right doesn't point the finger at the fringe conspiracies of the left and the things they believe. Probably because that's not what the conservatives do. They're focused on mm. government. They're focused on Policies, of power. Yeah. But because the media is focused on this, this threat of QAnon, they don't talk about the left and the unhinged and insane conspiracies. Like we've got a glimpse of it when MSNBC ran a segment where they claimed that Donald Trump was a, a a Soviet KGB asset, the Soviet Union. No, no joke. From the eighties, they actually had a guy on and said, "We got to consider that Trump may have been maybe maybe an asset of Russia." So going back to the eighties, when when they were part of the Soviet Union, dude. Yep. Now that was a glimpse. <laughs> I tell you, man, I'm not going to name some of these people because they got a lot of followers, hundreds of thousands. They've been on Twitter the entire time, saying insane things, well beyond what Q says. So you hear about this QAnon stuff and they'll be like, the Nighthawk is, is driving and Silver Fox is going to is going to launch the, the, the missile. And then we're going to see the indictments. And it's like it means nothing. And then you look at some of these people on the left and they're like, murmurs are, are happening now. At the DOJ, you know, uh, they're turning, they're revolting. The deep state is going to put, you know, Bannon on trial for treason and he's going to be executed. It's the same thing. Yeah. But the media doesn't talk about it. They, well, let, they give it a pass. 
Well, the mainstream media is now telling us that the biggest threat for our democracy, for our existence, are people's individual political opinion, when in reality, the threat is the social media. It's leading people to hurt people. It's leading people to exploit people. It's leading people to break the laws. And just in those particular instances that we noted here, there's so many more. There's There was a case in Indonesia where people were taking puppies and putting them in horrible predicaments and then rescuing them. And it was always the same puppy being rescued after he was placed there. And they were manipulating the algorithm, which that was incentivized, promoted wow. by YouTube. Just right now, when you talked about that vaccine case, I remember seeing on my on my newsfeed, looking up you know stories for this particular podcast, I seen a vaccine proposal, someone getting a vaccine and proposing on social Jeez. media to get the likes and attention. So when we look at the bigger threat towards our existence, it's not people who say stuff on social media that you may not like. It is social media Shut that is the existential threat just, against humanity. Just, Ban all of it. And the crazy thing ban, is, ban too, all of it and ban us, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> we, we, humans have lost their minds. This is nuts. Yeah. yeah and then, I mean, the funny thing is, this, it's not the funny thing, but it's just how media continues to divide us. And I think I actually heard this yesterday on, on, on Tim's show yesterday was the populace on the left and the right agree on so much. Like if you just right. sat them at a dinner table, they would literally be shaking hands at the end of the dinner table. Like, wow, we could probably yeah, but- take down the establishment. But the media makes it seem like we're so divided. Like at the end of the day, if you grab someone from the left and then the right, they say, hey, you know what? Healthcare is screwing us over. I want to send my kids to college. I want to be able to work where I want. I want to be able to raise a family on maybe on one income. We, we, you know, we agree on these things, but they're making it seem like we are, are now like in a civil war. We're two different countries. It's just, not I, I mentioned this on the show yesterday. We were talking about the show Recess, the cartoon, and I figured out who this guy was. It's Randall Weems. All right. So this is the, it's a cartoon called Recess, and it's about, you know, these kids, an, an eclectic bunch, a diverse bunch, mind you. You've got, uh, uh, different races. You've got the nerdy guy. You got the fat kid. And then like the regular kid or whatever. I don't know. But there's this one kid who would always snitch to Miss Finster. And there's a quote, hey, let me play or I'll make up something to tell Miss Finster on you. Mm. And this kid's like hunched back and he's like the teacher. He's always, you know, rattling, uh, snitching on everybody. That's a journalist. That's journalists today. All right. What they do is they see people posting jokes and having a good time and they go, "Mm, I'm going to report you. And then they call they call someone at like a bank. Did you know that there's a guy on Twitter who said something dumb and he's got a bank account with you? And they're like, uh, we, we don't serve them anymore. We're going to ban them. They're like, yeah. mm, shut down. They're yeah. fun. Here's the best part. Here's the best part. The show Recess is from when I was a kid, right? And so I look up this wiki for Recess and Randall <laughs> Weems, age nine. However, year of birth is 1988. Oh. He's 32 years old. That means he probably is at the age where he would work at BuzzFeed. <laughs> oh, great. That's right. So I- I'm telling you, man. These people, these journalists, are literally the Randall Weems of the world. Mm-hmm. We were all having fun during recess, playing kickball. Some of us were really good at it. Some of us were bad at it. Some of us were the weird loner kids who were hanging out, minding our own business. Or you were the kid playing Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, and skateboarding. But he was the, the, the these journalists were the nasty little tattletales who were always sucking up to the teacher and just getting in everyone's way, and everybody hated them. I wonder... If you all know the kind of person I'm talking about, and you can think like, oh, man, I remember that kid. I, I got one Now name. they work at BuzzFeed. Yeah. Carla, Carla, Carla Mazza. <laughs> Carlos Mazza. Oh, he's my just God. Comes he's Randall Weems, dude. He's yeah. still a thing. Yeah. Which Oliver Darcy. So but, much. Hey, Oliver Darcy. Oliver but, Tim, Darcy, not, only, not only are the uh, at media matters. Are journalists play, yes. playing the uh, the snitch role, but the journalists now are playing the PR role. Where, exactly. Yeah. Where now a politician would say something, and they just run with it. Like, they what happened crowd, What happened yeah, to us holding them to, uh, you know, holding the, the powerful accountable? Now that we just do PR for them, I don't, I'm not going to say the MSNBC's uh, host name, but as soon as uh, Biden got elected, she, she went on Twitter and 
said, oh, isn't this a great day for America? We finally have a president who doesn't lie. It's like, you're a, you're a news person. Yeah. Hold them accountable. So now, yeah, so now wow. journalists run, run PR for these people. And he lied about the Iraq war. So yeah. like, yeah, let's not forget. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. come on. Biden yeah. is a bag of lies. No, yeah. but if a politician is not lying, it, it, it's not a politician. But, I'm right. sorry. But Luke, he, yeah. he tweets Black Lives Matter. So it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, again, it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Doesn't matter yeah. that, that we bomb black lives in the Middle East as long as we tweet it. That's okay. <laughs> Know it. You know, Joe Biden is a lot of things, and it's funny because everything the left says about about Trump, you could point at Joe Biden and be like, "I'll give you some examples." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Oh, but he's corrupt. Oh, we got China, oh, we got yeah. Ukraine, we got the 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 Bobulinsky. Yeah, but Trump is a lecherous old man. It's like, well, 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 hold on there. Well, we got video after video after video of sleepy right. creepy Joe touching them little <laughs> girls, man. So look, you can tell from the media, and I'm and I, I'm 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 over talking about it, but I have to. Like, what? what let me rephrase that. I'm sitting in my room, you know, I'm doing research, I'm reading the news, and there are stories that I probably would have talked about a year ago where it's like double standard in media. And I'd be like, can you believe this double standard? Now I'm like, so what? It's life. It's the new right. normal. It's we know yeah. the media is lying half the time, more than half the time. I mean, come on. CNN just had John Sullivan as yeah. a correspondent. <laughs> CNN brought on. Okay, so CNN goes, these are insurrectionist domestic terrorists. Now for our next guest, John one of Sullivan. the domestic yeah. yeah, John Sullivan, yes. a guy who was arrested for egging them on and inciting the riot. Yep. And he's not a Trump supporter. Yeah. He even said he wasn't. Mm-hmm. And they have him on because they can point the finger at the right and they get away with it. That's creepy, man. Yeah. Hey, it, we're all going to be waiting for that update on CNN that they uh, interviewed a, a criminal. Put. I got a feeling that update won't be yeah, coming. I don't see that well, coming. I'll tell you, we, we talk about journalists snitching on people, but let's talk about the real creepy 1984 Oof. stuff. Yes. His next story is from Fox 13. Teen daughter turns in family for taking part in capital insurrection. They say an 18-year-old girl outed her own mother uncle and aunt, for taking part in last week's U.S. Capitol insurrection that left five people dead. Helena Duke posted images to Twitter of her mother, Therese, inside the Capitol on January 6th. Hi, Mom. Remember the time you told me I shouldn't go to BLM protests because they could get violent? This you? Tweeted Duke. (laughs) In a video on one of her daughter's tweets, Therese Duke could be seen arguing with a police officer. Another tweet featured photos of all three of her family members inside the Capitol along with their names. Hi, this is the liberal lesbian of the family who has been kicked out multiple times for her views and for going to BLM protests to care what happens to me. So because she has little in the way of financial help from her family, Duke has set up a GoFundMe account that has oh, already wow. raised $40,000. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even know that part of the story. Wow. Okay, that made it way Hold on. Can we, can we do an inflationary comparison between 30 pieces of silver and $40,000? <laughs> yes, that sounds about right. At the moment, I have no idea how I will be paying for college as I have little financial support. I have a dream of one day becoming a lawyer, but I need help to get there. I have to attend college and then go into the Peace Corps. Show it on the donation page. Bravo. You have lost your mother, but you've made $40,000. Hope it was worth it. Yeah. Well, let me say something. Look, people should not have been storming the Capitol. Nope. You know, and and these people uh, who committed the crimes and, you know, we, we saw people die there. They need to be held accountable. But there's something particularly twisted. About turning in your family and then raising money off of it. If she called the FBI privately and said, I know who that is. Oh, my God. That's still kind of like, man, Mm -hmm. it's a tough question. But blood is thicker than water. There there are challenges, though, of sometimes doing the right thing and holding those within your own groups and your own family accountable when they do something very seriously wrong. It's another thing to post on Twitter. Hey, look, that's my My mom. mom, Yeah. Give me money. Uh (laughs) Welcome to a brave new world. 
Well, more like 1984. Yeah. What's your, what's your thoughts on this, Luke? I know you, you've been 1984, man. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts Luke, first? Luke broke. Yeah. He just yeah. like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Um, Short circuit right there. <sighs> Looks like That's I told you so. Yeah. Looks like <sighs> I told you so. I don't, I'm I'm far far beyond. I told you so. I'm I'm I'm, I'm I've been there a couple weeks ago. Sigh. It's more like. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think you know social media also gives you a false sense of community, a false yeah. sense of acceptance. It all goes along with the trends, and I, I, I think, I, and I think it's fair to say that this person wouldn't do this if she wasn't incentivized to get likes and tweets and, and responses. Now, of course, yeah. it's also fair to say we don't know the exact relationship they had with their 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 mother or their father. So it's it's not that you know we we can't judge here because we don't know what happened back and forth but for it to end up at at this stage where it's this public and this nasty and and the media celebrating it by by highlighting it and talking about it and this being incentivized in the algorithm it's something that's uh you know this awfully is, wrong in th- my it, opinion it is it is the twisted nature of social media and the current media ecosystem look at what happened with um what's her face's daughter Who's uh, Kellyanne Conway? Kellyanne Conway. Oh yeah. wow! Her TikTok kid, yeah, the TikTok. Yeah, her kid, her yeah. daughter is like saying a bunch of private family stuff, and the media is basically getting off to it. Yeah, and it's like, dude. First of all, I I gotta be honest. I look at George Conway and Kellyanne Conway, and I'm kind of like, is that real? That's upsetting. Yeah. No, yeah. is that real? Yeah. Is this like reality TV? It's like Big Boss. Yeah. No, like yeah. they're a married couple. One's anti-Trump, one one's pro-Trump. Sounds like a sitcom. <laughs> yeah, it really is, huh? <laughs> He's hating Trump, and she's loving it. It's the Odd Family, <laughs> yeah. and their daughter is like, and I have to post on TikTok. Yeah, she's making TikToks like, yeah, Corbett, Corbett. No, but how? <laughs> it, it, it's like, I find it creepy that this this kid can get on social media, and the the big news companies. Are celebrating? This. Yeah, they're, well, they're salivating. They see this little, this young, this young girl. She's like, she was like 15 years old. Yeah, she was. I also like thinking from their point of view, like the kids' point of view, to what Luke said. It's like the sense of community they get from social media is way more important than their own family. Yeah, Sad. which I think is like the sadder and the more grave part. Like in no world I would like think about the fact that oh, Twitter can replace my family, let alone the fact that I would make money off of it. Yep. So like well, that's, that's the more concerning part. It's it's the GoFundMe, it's the PayPal posts, it's the it's the raising money. Yeah, it's the that. interviews that she gets with these media hits. I think she already did an interview with like Good Morning America. Oh my so, god, the, the girl who turned yeah, in family. Yeah. yeah, so she's she's already you know going big. So she's I got I want to say yeah. is I'm and I'm, I'm gonna be speaking for, for the Latinos on this one. We would never do that because we get a chancla <laughs> straight yes. to the face. That would be a death sentence for Latinos. So we would get the chancla to the face. That would happen. There, there, there would be a wooden spoon. That's right. Yeah, you want to give us the Indian. Yeah, perspective. Like, from the Indian family perspective, we would probably like not have social media until we were eighteen. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I love that. Well, in the cap in in capitalist America, oh. children sell you. For yeah. cash. Yes. <laughs> well, that, that's what it is, though. The only reason she was willing to do this is because she knew she could make money. Oh yeah, yeah. forty thousand dollars. That's, that's a lot of money. Wow, that's a lot of silver. That's more than thirty pieces. Yeah, and like, probably what, like what is silver at probably 20, like twenty five dollars. Yeah. yeah, probably yeah. like a staff position at Media Matters as yeah, well. Yeah, something like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, think about it. What's what's your family for, right? I mean, first of all, they're yeah. your family. You care about them. They set but, you straight. But the point of the, the reason why we develop social bonds as like people in society is that we survive exactly. when we stick to our families. Now, here's this young woman who's found a better way than her own family. See, what's her parents? What are they really going to get for her? She has a place to stay. She's ever kicked out. She'll never be homeless. Yeah, but if she mm-hmm. sells them, if she sells them, you know, for for four forty thousand pieces of green paper <laughs> she gets forty thousand bucks that's oh, more than her family deal. could offer think about this 
if protecting your family provides certain resources for you to survive and selling them out provides more, you can see what some people are willing to do to get that. Right. That's twisted stuff, man. This is, yeah, I mean. But it's, it's a big part of what we've seen with like Black Lives Matter wanting to disrupt the nuclear family. Yeah, exactly. It is all good for that ideology. Your yeah. cause, your cause is central to whatever you stand for. Like it doesn't matter like your close ties. It doesn't matter what your family is. It doesn't matter your principle. If you're for this cause, nothing else matters. Well, in 1984, you know, the fictional book, they indoctrinated the children to be the snitch exactly. squad, yep. making sure that they would get all the adults in, in trouble for wrong think. And, and when you look at the parallels, I mean, I think there's some, I mean, I don't want to be hyperbolic. Obviously, there's not an exact comparison, but there's definitely a slippery slope that we're heading towards especially giving all of our power up to these tech billionaire giants that are unaccountable, do whatever they want, and control the sphere of conversation. But not only the conversation, also thought. When you have that important aspect of controlling what people can and cannot think, what they can and cannot see, you have emperor mm -hmm. godlike powers that could influence children in the most awful God, hey, listen, forgiven ways let me, that you can't even imagine. What do you think? You know, what do you think Jack Dorsey thinks? Like, if, if, if you were to go to him and say, Jack, children are turning in their parents for money because of what you built. Do you think he would care? No. I don't think he sees that, though. Yeah. I don't, I no, don't I'm think, saying, like, if you said it to him, do you think he would care? No. I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think we'd care. Like, I think he'd be like, well, he'd you know, like people yeah. say whatever they want. And, you know, we discovered Twitter. We didn't invent it. So, you know, it's a it maybe unfortunate that they did that's this. A, yeah, that's the thing. Like he, he pretends that it's still a platform, like when it comes to matters like this. But like when it comes to matters like people on the right saying about things, like then he becomes a publisher about it. Mm -hmm. but then, exactly. I, then I won't allow like things to like stand in my way. It was, you know, I think I, I, I'm, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they said they discovered Twitter. They didn't invent it. Oh, exactly. So yeah, they, f they fell they, upon it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah they were yeah. talking about how people started developing a culture on Twitter. Like yeah. the idea of the at symbol was mm. was created by users who were trying to make it so when you'd search, you'd see you could at some at someone's name. And the hashtag was originally so that if you wanted to find the conversation about it, if you search for just the word, you'll get everything. If you search for the hashtag, you get conversations. Just the, the conversations. Yeah. So then Twitter's like, oh, we'll incorporate this. Before you could click the retweet button, people would just copy and paste and then put RT and then call Oh, in, I remember call those days. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, 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 and they would do MT for modified tweet. I remember that because as far as I've, you know, since I've used Twitter, they've always had the retweet function, but people still did RT and MT to like share things. And there's also like Instagram still doesn't have this stuff. So their perspective is we didn't do it. Don't look at us. We have no responsibility to the destruction of the human mind and human society or they like it. I mean, look, if you want to reshape a society, you need to break it down first. And that's happening. Whether it's intentional or not, I'm sure there are people sitting back and be like, eh, it's a good thing. Let it fall apart. I know for a fact many far leftists have been talking for some time about tearing it all down so they can rebuild anew, you know, down with the old and then they can make their, their new like glorious a secular utopia. heaven. Yeah. Well, whatever they think is going to happen. Yeah. But uh, there's a there's a funny comic. You ever see that? You ever see those comics where it's the guy and he says, oh, no, all the time? Yeah. yeah. There's one where he's like in his room. And he's like, I want things to be different. And the next one is him smashing everything with a baseball bat. <laughs> and the next one is everything destroyed. And he goes, oh, no. Different from what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right, exactly. Different from so what? you get these people who go out and they're like, I want things to change. Okay. Smash, fires, and you're like, congratulations, you got change. And now it sucks. Yeah, like, like a, like a mother-daughter relationship. Like, that's gone now. Like, what's going to be like Thanksgiving for that kid now? <laughs> Jeez, yeah. They don't care because they yeah. have their dopamine hit. Exactly. And they have their yep. GoFundMe. But I'll tell you something. She's going to be an adult. 
and she's going to have no family. She'll be all alone. And she'll, yeah. be, and she'll be in like an old folks home. You know what's really going to be interesting too about all this? Our parents can rely on us. But millennials aren't having kids anymore. Nope. Like the the the, the child, like the, the uh, birthing rates like gone for millennials. It's where where are, where are all these millennials going to do when they're older? You know, look, the, these regular these average people are going to find themselves with limited or no savings. That's one of the reasons. Yeah, why millennials don't even own anything already. They're not going right. to own anything. They, uh, you know, you know what the average net worth of uh, a twenty eight year old is? Hmm. This is outdated. It was a couple from a, from a year or two ago. Negative one thousand dollars. Wow. Do you know what the average Enough. net worth of a 30-year-old is? $1,000. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. And then from off. there, it goes up to like 12000 and then 33-year-old okay. is like, you know, I And mean, we're just 30, talking 000. about the states, right? Yeah, in the states. Oh, okay. It's, it's old data, and my numbers aren't at, at completely accurate, but it's like around 30 is when they finally get out of debt and start accruing wealth. Wow. Yeah. So these, these people, they're not having kids. They're not having families. They're not making money. They're I can understand debt. why they're renting. They don't own anything. They don't own anything. Yeah, don't they're own renting. Property. And they're going to be 80 years old renting, and then they're going to be like, I put my pants. <laughs> and there's not going to be anybody to help them. They're there's not going to be able to afford it, and they're not going to have any kids. There's going to be a lot of cats. Uh, yep. Yep. Yeah, but is a cat going to wipe your butt? Probably not. <laughs> is the cat going to help you in your wheelchair down the stairs? No, they will eat you. Take you out to the, you know, to get breakfast, <laughs> or he's going to sit there wasting away. And another factor too, Tim, I think what we're seeing with the with this pandemic and something that we've already been seeing with the millennial trend is we're actually going to see less families with the millennials. So we're not going to have that structured family, mom and dad at home working and just having that. I think we're not even going to have that. So I would expect as we kind of keep going on that. Crime is going to keep going up. Divorce is going up. Maybe people are getting married less. And you know, the, the whole family structure in America just seems like it's becoming like this old idea now. Now it's radical to be like, I want to start a family. And, you know, I want to have yeah. kids and stuff. That's just that 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 seems radical now. It's, it's and the really we need scary, it. The really scary part is, is there's a lot of undertones. There's a lot of propaganda subliminally, especially in Hollywood, incentivizing a lot of this mm-hmm. stuff, trying to make it popular, popular, trying to glorize it. But in reality, it's going to cause a lot of human suffering and it's going to make a lot of people dependent and weak in a way that they could be taken advantage of by some of the same special interests, according to my own personal opinion, that that will dive in on, on this forsaken person who's downtrodden, who's downtrodden by the ideas that they put out that they benefit from that suffering. So we have to understand this the, is a big cycle so, so that needs to be exposed. Let's think about these parents. This girl turns her parents and she makes 40 grand. What do they do now? They're, they're excised from polite society. They're called terrorists. They're facing, you know, they're probably going to face some kind of charges. They probably can't work again. I mean. Well, they're going to they're gonna have to. These people yeah. won't just cease to exist. No. They're yeah. going to need food. No. They're going to need access. I think, you know, there's, there's talk about this, this, this uh, uh, collapse of the United States. I did a segment earlier. China, are, the people in China are flocking to buy this book that predicted the demise of the U.S. 30 years ago. What is a family to do? If they've been removed from everything, they can't get jobs. They're going to find a way and they're going to find their own parallel economy to make money. Cryptocurrency could maybe help. But that just leads us to this reality where you're going to have blue states saying, we don't want to work with you. And red states saying, it's fine. I mean, think about this. This woman's going to be able to go to Wyoming or West Virginia, find a job. They're going to be like, we like Trump too. By all means, come here and work. Mm. She's not going to be able to do that in New York City. True. So the, the Trump supporters and the Republicans and the right the red states are going to become entrenched and the blue states are going to become entrenched. And if you're a Trump supporter and you live in New York, you're probably already gone. Yeah. So we're seeing the ideological divide is, is getting worse geographically now. And we're probably getting to, that, getting to that point where things are going to fall apart. So in that sense, speaking of things falling apart, you guys went to California. 
I have the story here from USA Today. They say California is a failed state. How do we know they're moving to Arizona in droves? The story is from August 31st, but they say a few things I want to highlight before we talk about what you guys is because you guys went and actually talked to business mm-hmm. owners and people have been impacted by the failed policies of California. They say California's energy policies have failed. They say so have those policies to stop homelessness. Harsh pandemic response didn't help. Move here, leave those policies at home. What they're talking about now is as people in California leave. They're bringing the politics with them that destroyed the state. So this is a story I covered quite a bit ago. There, there was, uh, uh, you know, the, the failed state of California. There was also the return of bubonic plague, hmm. typhoid outbreaks, disease, homelessness. So you guys put together, you, you did a documentary. Is that what you did? Yeah. So what, what happened, Tim, is we actually kind of stumbled on this project on accident. Um, so I, I went back home to, to California. That's my, my hometown in, in Palmdale. So I went back around Thanksgiving and... You know, being here and, and um, you know, covering politics in D.C., you do, even though I always hated myself for it, it's like you do get stuck in kind of like a D.C. bubble. You know, you forget how bad the pandemic is for the rest of Americans. So as soon as I landed back back home in California for Thanksgiving break, I, I visit my hometown and it's it's decimated. It's just, you know, unemployment is high. Most of my friends, their their parents own these restaurants. Now they're going out of business. Uh, you know, it's just it's just horrible. So. I, you know, I, I, right, I right there was like. Do you, know the, do you know the unemployment rate right now in California? I don't know the un- unemployment rate, but as of right now, um, we do have 17% of restaurants across the U.S. So about 110 establishments are closed permanently. 110,000. And yeah, and um, and November, the restaurant industry lost over two million jobs. Wow. So being in in, in California, I started talking to the restaurant owners of, um, about the outdoor dining bands, just how they're doing. So as soon as I started interviewing. Um, these restaurant owners, it was powerful stuff. Like they w- they would be crying in my face saying, Hey, Jorge, on Thanksgiving week, we get the news of the outdoor dining ban. We have to now lay off the majority of our staff. And it's like, and what they made me realize too, is like, we're not just laying off workers. These are families that, you know, these people have to put food on the table. And then also kind of being in this project, I got to learn that a lot of these couples, both of the couples would be in the restaurant industry. So now you have two servers now let go, no help from the government. And then at the same time, since they're in the working class, their kids are at home all day on Zoom. Their kids' depression is up. So it's just this, this horrible thing. And so Sonic came down and we were able to really focus in on these American stories because like a lot of these restaurant owners feel like they've been left behind. Not only that, another aspect is they spent thousands of thousands of dollars on outdoor dining and just accommodating to, to, to California's crazy rules. I mean, wow. LA County was the only county to do an outdoor dining ban. So just in LA County, that's affecting 30,000 so restaurants. These people were told we're shutting down indoor dining. So they spend tons of money to set up outdoor dining. Exactly. And then as soon as they do, they go, ah, that's banned too. And yeah. not only that, Tim, wow. the, the crazy thing is, is evil, the man. brewery, the breweries in LA County were already, um, they they couldn't serve outdoors unless they had a, 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 a kitchen. So I was able to interview one brewer who spent a hundred grand oh, on no. a kitchen For just a to serve issue, outdoors yeah. only for, for two weeks later, the, the, the county said, nope. Done. Shut it down. So you have this massive brewery stuck on takeout beers. It's impossible. And it's just heartbreaking to hear the owner say, we love this business and we don't want to let people go. But at this point, what what can we do? We're putting this tough corner. So the beautiful thing was, is that 
you know, me and Sonic really got to document these stories, tell these people stories, and we, we put a documentary together. It's a, we, we released it actually today, so it's on Daily Caller. Um, check it out. We worked really hard on it, and, and it really meant a lot to the, to the, rich, to the restaurant no, industry on. because for them, they feel like they don't have a voice. But this is the kind of thing you got to send to your friends who don't believe you. The people, yes. the people exactly. who think everything's fine or that, that, that we're not facing serious trouble. Let and them see, let them see, let them hear in the words of the people who actually had their lives. Yes, so, sorry, I know you, you so got to work you, on like, me. When you this. talk to these people, one thing you realize, like the people in DC or like people in New York or people who run media, they have given people this easily digestible pill, which is like a single variable way of thinking. Like during this pandemic, the only thing we have to consider is life saved versus life not saved. Like the only thing you need to worry about saving lives. They don't consider the fact these, that these people who run these bars, who run these restaurants, they have lives too. Like the, if you like close them and then you say like, oh, yes, we are saving lives. Like that's not a solution. That's just a lazy way of thinking. Like there are other variables to consider here. Like the, like the waiter, he has a job. He probably has a family. He has a child. Like what about him? That's one factor about it. And the second factor is like the hypocrisy. Like if you like drive like 10 minutes away from these restaurants, you walk into Target where people are crowded in like gajillion numbers, especially during like holiday seasons. And that's like literally in front of these people. Like you can like look out of their restaurants, which are closed and you see these like, like Target packed and they realize that these like lockdown measures do not make any sense whatsoever. And the fact that it's so blatant is like insulting to them. You know, I think that it might be a red pill for a lot of these small businesses. Exactly, but, yeah. But, but I think most people are just going to keep voting D. They're going to walk in and go, Democrat. And they're going to walk out and walk away. And it's going to keep happening. It's not going to stop. We, yeah. Who, who, look, and we don't know what's going to happen. Either that or like people who have the resources to leave will leave. Like, yeah. But unfortunately, these people do not have the resources to leave. They have poured their life's savings into, you know, creating something out of nothing and hiring people. And like once you have that mentality, which is like, okay, my job is to be responsible to like put food on other people's table, like my waiters, my chefs. You have, you're living like a different life. You're not living a life of like a staff writer in New York Times who, who lives in a pod and whose only job is to write. Like you're responsible for other people. You're in, like you're an entrepreneur. And like people do not empathize with these people easily. And the media has done like a horrible job of translating that. Well, and, they don't, because they live in, or the, the, the journalists are like that Randall exactly, character. They're yeah. snitches. Yeah. They, they, they're not going to come out and be like, oh, you poor restaurant owner. No, we, we already saw one story where there was a business, they set up, they had a walkway, and they put a tent over it and put tables there so that people could use their public walkways at outdoor dining. Uh-huh. And the journalist snitched on them and said, we need to inform New York they're doing this. Yeah, yeah and then the, the, the interesting thing too, Tim, is in California, you know, I've, I've grown up there my whole life, but when I was growing up in the early 90s, um, you know, California was a state where everyone in the, around the country was moving to the Golden State. You know, you wanted to be in California. I remember when I was growing up, you know, my dad is an immigrant from El Salvador. He just has a sixth grade education. My dad was able to have the family of five on one income. He was a trucker and, you know, we would go on vacation. We owned our cars. That life is gone in, Cal- in California. It's becoming almost like a Latin America economy where the, the lowest class doesn't pay for anything because everything's subsidized. Um, the middle and the working class pay for absolutely everything and they're living on scrums. They're, they're the ones who have to get by. And the rich, it's, it's all good for the actors and everyone else. So I, I, in the documentary too, I say, you know, this is the golden state. It's now only golden for the elites and everyone else is left behind. One of the more powerful interviews that I got, Tim, is I interviewed a, a owner of a, of a, of a pizza restaurant. And when we spoke about the Gavin Newsom situation, she was just crying in my face saying it's an absolutely slap in the face for him to be able to eat in the French laundry indoors while I have to lay off my employees who are literally making like 
13 bucks an hour. You know, some of these folks are surviving on like 120 bucks a week, Tim. Having kids, I mean, depression is going up. It's honestly some of the saddest, saddest things that we're seeing. And we're just trying to focus on these stories because it just feels like the average American story is not getting told. And, you know, I think it was a blessing for me to get out of that DC bubble and to see it and, and say, you know what, this is what I need to really be focused on is telling these stories. And the next project we'll be working on, and we don't want to get too much into it, but we're going to be interviewing parents and they're going to be talking to me about, you know, their kids going through this depression uh, indoors. A lot of I, um, you know, I put out a, a tweet saying, hey, parents reach out to me. And Tim, I got over 100 messages. And this is kind of the sentiment of these messages saying, hey, I had an eight-year-old, a 10-year-old, 12-year-old. They were all A's, athletic. Now into the pandemic, all F's, social anxiety, doesn't want to talk to me. I'm speaking to a dad right now where his son grabbed his gun because he fell into depression during this COVID lockdown, 12 years old. He shot himself in the mouth trying to kill himself. Wow. But the way he shot it, no. thank God. He's in stable condition. We're going to be interviewing him to, wow. to tell this story. But this stuff, is Tim, is just not getting told in the news. And not only that, and um, when I was speaking to his parents, now that it made me realize, they're telling me like, hey, Jorge, I'm making less money because of the pandemic. My kids are stuck at home. Depression's up. I'm also spending more on groceries, double because since the kids are home, they're eating more. So it's just all these little things that you, you, you we would never consider. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, look, I know what happened in the Capitol. Obviously, that's big news and we need we need to talk about it. But at the end of the day, let's not forget that you know, average Americans can't put food on the table. And it's not only California, it's across the state. Right, you know, right, we can right. only focus there. But let's not forget about the average Americans. They're getting left behind during this pandemic. I was reading, uh, there was something, a, a doctor gave an interview or something where he talked about he's never seen such a deterioration. Yeah. Not just from older folks, but from even kids. Kids, yeah. Kids yeah. becoming out of shape, overweight, their blood pressure's bad. They're like just obese, diabetic, because they're not exercising. They're sitting in all day. They're not getting vitamin D. And they're getting depressed. Social and anxiety so, for these kids. Yeah, too. they're yeah. becoming like, you know, uh, just a homebody lying around with bed sores, crumbs on their chest. And then they're supposed to interact through, you know, computers. Man, get out of these cities. The best thing you can do, I guess. But some people can't do it. You're trapped. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. Like a lot of people, like people are like, oh, leave California, just move to Texas, like move to Nashville. It's like a lot of people do not have like the, you know, means to do that. And California, let's not forget, it's like a beautiful state. It's like a huge, beautiful state where like a lot of people live and a huge sloth of population like feel like they're left behind just because of the governor, just because of the mayor. And it's just like a harrowing thing to see. And like when you meet these people, the thing you realize is that like they are so like the fact that like Tucker talks about it a lot, like the fact that classified, like it is so obvious to them that pe when people think about California, they think about, oh, the place where actors live. Oh, where like celebrities live. Right? But the fact that they're like actual waiters or actual restaurant owners who do not have jobs, like that is classified. You know, you know I, I was thinking something. I was like, when I saw Gavin Newsom doing that fancy dinner. French Laundry, yeah. What was it, what was it called? French, French Laundry. Laundry. French Laundry? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the name of the uh, restaurant. It's one yeah. of the most fanciest restaurants in the world. I mean, the bill was... 400 grand-ish. 400 grand! Wait, the, what, the bill? How much the was bill? the bill for that's, the... That's what that's what the pizza owner told me. Like, the bill should be, like, closer to 400 grand. Like, 12 yeah, people. Yeah. 12 in, people yeah. ate there. Yeah. In, in Vegas, I remember uh, Shane Smith from Vice spent $300,000, I think, on dinner. Oh, so, my God. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so when, I, when I saw that... I have never been closer to raising my fist and yelling "Workers of the World Unite." Seriously, Jeez, yeah, but but that's but, like socialism but, tongue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but here's what I'm thinking: like, is there a, is there a thing where we can like unite the workers, but not as communists, and just be like, "Yo, these politicians." That's need the to new be right, removed. dude. That's the new right. That's the populist new right. Where like people realize that we, us being workers, have been left behind by the government, and the only like the way to unite is like not exactly like following Bernie's rule, but like what Tucker says. It's like you as a worker has have a right. Like the fact that. 
the whole concept of like someone having a job, like the same job at retiring at 60 years old with his Rolex is like outdated should be worrisome. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let, let me say probably one of the most bannable things. Uh, so, so let's, let's recognize people on the right should not be voting for Republicans. Let's see, we see what they do. No, they hate their know. own voters. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but let's also recognize the left should not be voting for Democrats. Yep. So everybody made a mistake here. How about we all agree the workers should unite, but not to change the, like, not, not to make socialism, just to get rid of corrupt, crooked politicians. And I mean this peacefully. I mean, we need to have people come together, a populist movement saying, we might not agree on the economic policy, but we can all agree the elites don't have our back and are selling us out yeah. and stripping away our access and our rights and our liberties. And if the workers do unite, it doesn't have to be for communism. Yeah. It can just be for the benefit Basic of the people. Basic American rights and the right to make a living. Like, yeah. Like, if I'm being honest, I was like far from being like a like populist guy. Like, I was like close. I would be, I would say like I was close to being like a new conservative. Like before this year began. But like when 2020, You're a Paul like, Ryan conservative. I, not <laughs> but when this year started rolling down, I realized that like holy shit, this class divide is like so obvious. Yeah. And like these, like the Washington, like does not give a single crap about any yep. of these people at yep. all. Like if they're like, like the, the stimulus thing was like the perfect example for that. Like I talked to this waitress who was like 28 years old, single mother has like a four year old son. And she was like, the last stimulus I got was like when everyone else got their like $1,600, like back in like April, May, I don't remember. And like that was the last one. And like, and ever since that, I've been earning $200 a week and like, like, I have a son who was, like, yeah. two years old. Like, what about him? You know, I think people need to start realizing you can't count on government. You can count on them to, to put the roadblocks up, but not to give you the food after they, they screw you over. And so I know a lot of people don't want to hear it. And it's maybe easier for me to say, but we're going back to, you know, we're, we're going back in time in terms of our, in terms of, look, let me stop there. We were in a golden age for a long time. You go to the store, you get cheeseburgers, you get pizzas, boom, just like that for, for dirt. You go home, you put it in the freezer, you put it in the freezer, you put it in the oven, you got food. That's, that's easy living. You know, people used to have to work from sun up to sundown just to have enough food to survive. And it was work nonstop. And we're heading back in that direction. For whatever reason you want to say, I think people need to become self-reliant, independent, start realizing the government's not going to get your back. And even if we do change these politicians, it's not going to change anything. No. You know, power, power tends to corrupt and absolute power tends to corrupt absolutely. I mean, wages have been going down in this country for the past 30 years and they keep going down. Life expectancy in, in America is, I think it's like where like it's just dropping, dropping, dropping because now Americans have to work more jobs. Um, we also have the opioid crisis. It's, yeah. I mean, and then the pandemic obviously doesn't, doesn't help a lot of this stuff. Economy. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Like well, back, back to your point, like the thing is like, Yes, like meritocracy is like still a thing and like people should like believe in it. But at the same time, people should always question like these congregation of powers. And anytime there's like this like unwarranted like mammoth of power to any corporation, to any government, people should like question that or at least like, is this right that this one company has like access to everything that we do, like websites, yeah. groceries, like flight tickets like everything like you if you fall out of line and this company doesn't like it like that's it that like that's it for you you're banished from like normal society that's why i think we might be heading towards peaceful divorce as many people have called it because like i said people who can't get jobs anymore because you know blue states won't hire them they can get jobs in west virginia and wyoming and nebraska or whatever 
But I guess we'll see how it plays out. We should uh, jump over to Super Chats, take some audience commentary. Yes. If you haven't already, smash the like button. It really, really does help. And we're going to read Super Chats from the audience. We do the show Monday through Friday live at 8 p.m. So subscribe, hit the notification bell, hit that like button. Don't forget to go to TimCast.com, become a member. We're going to have some uh, members-only content coming up very soon. And uh, some of it's going to be funny. We've got some stuff from when Alex was here, making, you know, giving, you know, just kind of... Like, <sighs> <laughs> that'll be members only content of uh, uh yeah of that kind of stuff and uh, we got a bunch of footage from when he was here so uh, and, and our guests too so it really really does help we're trying to create that safety net so that we can grow the business without having to rely, rely on, on on these advertisers and youtube and if we get banned we'll still have that site so again timcast.com become a member let's read some of these super chats sam Meehan says it's time for a populist party left and right the people need to take this country back from the elites who have lifetime seats in our government. We can deal with policy dis- disagreements after. What perfect timing. That, that, that super chat was actually yep. from earlier yeah. in the night. Hmm. Jordan Jones time. mentioned that last time I was this early, my wife was pissed. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of me- uh, a lot of people are mentioning <laughs> oh boy. Uh, that uh, Lou Dobbs dropped. There's going to be some de- declassifications. Yeah. Bombagate stuff. We'll see how that plays out. Yeah, I got to watch it. Raymond Field says, what y'all think is going to happen on the 20th? I think originally I thought we were going to have some drama and some violence, but I think there's just so much National Guard. You can't even drive around D.C. The, the roadblocks are insane. Yeah. I think it's going to be calm. That's just me. My we'll favorite see. conspiracy is that Trump planned everything. <laughs> no, for real. Like that, that in order to actually get the National Guard into D.C., you needed a, you know, an excuse. Yeah. And when the left came to D.C., they actually argued to get rid of the National Guard and that it was wrong. So the conspiracy theory is that the Trump supporters did it so that they would the left would demand the National Guard. That you know what I love about the conspiracy stuff is that they say trust the plan, but the plan's been wrong every single time. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Trust it. So I, I got to be honest. I, I mostly think nothing. To be honest. Yeah, I don't. I don't think anything. I think I th- and I and I hope nothing. And I hope they they take the security seriously. But I think Biden's going to be president, and then hopefully things simmer down. I think there's still tensions, you know, an escalation coming in various forms. Me but too. I think the 20th is probably going to be. We'll see, though, because there's talk about Sunday or whatever, and I have no idea what any of that stuff is. There's other people theorizing that there might be something like a false attack, but that's just rumor mills that I'm hearing based on no evidence. No well, evidence. At Tim, all. I don't know if no. you've seen the the little like flyers going around of saying like, "Hey, storm every capital in the U.S." It was like, I mean, the the flyer looks super fake. It looks like it yeah. has like. Just Trump supporters are disavowing it. Yeah, there's no American flag. There's no group associated to it. So, yeah, we'll see. Animal Room says, where the heck is Crowder? Seriously. Yeah. Oh, I know. You I mentioned know. that last time I was here, too. Yeah. Well, some mm. people have said that he normally takes breaks into the new year. But this is a weird time to take a break. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe he weird. just he takes yeah. breaks and maybe. Yeah. no exceptions. I don't know, Good though. It's been, it's been a month, right? Yeah. yeah. Four weeks. He's just gone. He tweeted something cryptic. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. Trust the all right, let's see what we got here. Student of History says, listening to the video at 10 a.m., stopped listening to a documentary about Sir Thomas Cochran, and you talked about building culture, and I had an idea of Dunkirk-style doc, uh, docutainment about John Paul Jones, the OG Revol- uh, Rev War BA. John Ooh. Paul Jones was, yeah, as man. he was indeed. Petty says, whenever they call something a threat to democracy, replace democracy with either establishment or international power. Yep. All right, here we go. Gino Bendetto says, why are 20,000 National Guardsmen deploying to D.C. for an online inauguration? For perspective, 
there were less than a quarter than that for Fallujah. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah, and you know, there was a lot of apprehension against the police state a couple weeks ago by these same individuals that are now cheering it on. So it's a little weird to have them congratulate, you know, 20,000 plus armed individuals as a as a large scale military mobilization. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's some people are comparing it to a police state. Yeah. Insight of the Ages says, why not support locals? Have Dave Rubin on. Uh, Dave is great. Dave is always welcome to come and hang out. I think he's a, he's a rad dude. Why not support locals? Uh, I'll support locals in that sense that I think he, what he's doing is very, is good and great and, and giving a platform to people is great. My concern though is it's still susceptible to a lot of the same problems. Now with, with locals, you have your own Stripe account for payments, meaning if you your payment gets banned, it's on you. But there's still the fact that locals is the server hosting the content, and you still have that uh, um, potential for, I guess, uh, failure. Meaning that somebody who does something with DNS or hosting or whatever for locals could go to them and say, we don't care. You are associated with this group, and we will terminate our contract unless you do X. And that creates a threat to you know the business where... When Patreon started banning people, what uh, uh, the, the CEO was saying is like, look, we've been threatened by these companies and we'll have to ban 100,000 people who are making a living unless we ban one person. So we have to get rid of the one person and we don't want to, but we have to. And that's the problem with centralization. Now, they, uh, locals, I believe, is, is playing on decentralizing and all that stuff. But here's what I did. I just made my own website. Um, I know not everybody can. So if you're someone who's got like a moderate following and you want to have your own website, locals make sense. For me, I run a business where we're trying to expand and I have the ability to create my own website. And that is just better for me all around. The only risks I have are directly to me. My my vendors, my hosting, my domain, all of that is on me and nobody else. So for me, that's preferable. Let's read some more. Oh, that's interesting. Michelle uh, Pate or Pate says... Did you know that you can no longer look up Trinidad Shabbat Pressure or and Batacath Care? Both search bring up absolutely no searches. Hmm. May amazing. No dice says, "Hey Luke, I love your work and your shirts. I'm thinking of escaping from Long Island, New Hampshire, partly because of you. Keep up the great work, Tim and crew." Yeah, definitely try to see what community is right for you. There's, uh, you know, don't rush decisions. Do a lot of research. Do a lot of homework. And uh, thank you. Really appreciate that. Robert Galera says, Tim, you've been talking about reassessing culture. I agree. But how do we do that if we're the counterculture? Also, uh, also, I'm tragically in California. Grew up here all my life. I hate what it's become. Didn't vote for this. Bummer. Um, I, I, I throw it to Daily Wire. You know, it's the, the easiest example is the Daily Wire is doing that movie. And think about in 15 years, you'll have some dude who's like 18 and they're like, what do you want to do? And it's like, I really want to work for Daily Wire Productions. Their movies are awesome. And then someone will say, that's that conservative Ben Shapiro thing. Uh, I don't know, man. I just, you see that movie they did about this? That was so cool. I'd love to make movies with them. That's what it's all about. So you, cr- you create a culture. You create some kind of in- inspirational system and a, 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 a place and a platform and a community in which you can cheer on young people and make them feel good about themselves. Otherwise, they're going to go on social media, sell out their parents for, for a quick buck. Give them an opportunity to feel good. You need to make that space. Justin Smith says Crowder is controlled opposition. He quietly stepped away at the perfect moment and will show up once the bans are over and still have a spot on YouTube. Also, his rhetoric will change to fall in line. I don't know about all that, but uh, they if, if I didn't cover what happened at the Capitol, Facebook would not have given me the X. So hmm. there you go. 
But I don't know if that says anything about Crowder. I mean, maybe he just took the holidays off. Like that's simple solution, man. It's only it's only two weeks into January, so yeah. That you know, I've had conversations with people who do YouTube who talk about how mid December to mid January they stop working because viewership drops dramatically. It's substantially harder to produce because most people don't want to and they're going to their families. And then you got New Year's, and then after that, advertising rates are gone because companies don't restart their budgets and actually start putting money into ads until February. So they're just like, what's the point? So I'm not surprised. I'm not, you know, I don't think it, you know. Joseph Flynn says, hey, Tim, a few of my friends consider you a grifter and disregard anything you say because of it. I don't see it, but is there anything I could show them of you to disprove that notion? No, because grifter doesn't really mean anything. Like, what, what, what does that mean? What are they accusing me of? You can watch the segment, uh, the, the podcast episode we did with Dave Smith the other day where we spent like 40 minutes ragging on Donald Trump, which was a lot of ragging on Donald Trump and foreign policy stuff. But the, the problem is, if they're calling me a grifter, it means they're probably getting out of context smears from leftists. And it's like, what do you even do at that point? If they're not willing to listen to a show, a lot of the leftists who watch the show I did with Vosh actually started saying good things about me. And there was this um, joke thread about, you know, it was essentially like, which one of these people is worse? And people are like, ah, Tim's all right. He's not that bad. He's kind of dumb, though. So when they actually watched a show because there was a leftist on and they heard what I said, they were like, oh, those things actually aren't true. You know, so what they'll do is I'll, I'll quote someone. They'll claim it came from me. There's some activist groups that took me. I said something like, if you were to ask someone who's a white nationalist, they will tell you this. They took the last part and claimed I was the one that was saying it. I was trying to be like, no, they'll tell you they're doing, you know, they believe in themselves and they they think they're the good guys. So it's it's always it's always some kind of out of, out of context nonsense. But there's a good reason why there's almost no articles that get written about me because people who actually try and watch and figure out what I'm saying after after you get these left wing grifters who will like make a YouTube video and they're like, here's Tim Pool saying this. When the journalists who like writing smears actually go to the video, they're like, it's not there. It's not real. And so this doesn't happen. And then nobody writes about it. Michelle Pate says, Luke, I was also emancipated from New York as well. Can I buy your shirt anywhere? I would love love it for myself and family. Thank you so much for asking. Of course, you could get it on <laughs> wearechange.org forward slash shirts. So thank you so much. And if you want... The exclusive I am a gorilla t-shirt, because everybody loves the gorilla emoji. Go to TimCast.com, click shop, and you will see the brand new shirt. We're going to have a limited edition tinfoil hat wearing one as well. So, you know, I'll point out, Luke's shirts are always very serious and political. And make <laughs> how, is, a, how is this serious? What do you say? Um, no, 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 no. No, I mean, like, it makes a political point. Right. Mine is literally a gorilla saying I'm. it's meaningless. <laughs> yeah. And then I have the harumphi say shirt. Meaningless. So if you, if the point I'm bringing up no. is... If you want to have a good good political humor and political art... And, and support Luke's my uh, indentured servitude, you, you can do that with the shirt things, yes. Uh -huh. Just saying. I'm Brandon says, hey, Tim and the IRL gang, do you think we should all go back to the MySpace days? Also, Ooh. do you think big tech is just shooting themselves in the foot? I wonder. Big should tech I? is too big to shoot themselves in the foot, I feel. I don't know. I, I kind of want to open a MySpace account. I miss Tom. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, MySpace, the top eight was doesn't, cool. Doesn't Justin Justin Timberlake own it now? It's not even the same thing. It's like it's like a, a, it's like a music thing. We now. should yeah. go back yeah. to MySpace. Like I like thing. when you yeah. click the profile, the songs playing, and yeah, it's yeah. kind of a vibe. no. You know, you know what I was thinking? We we mentioned this before. Just set up your profile as a book on Amazon. <laughs> 
So be like, you know, you can follow me at Harry Potter on Amazon. I'll be in the comment section posting That's my fine. thoughts and ideas on politics. That's the future. That's the way to do yes. it. <laughs> Find me on Amazon.com forward slash book 1984. Yes. I'll be right there. Super Bam Bam says, if there wasn't such a divide in communication between the two camps, maybe the Trump supporters would have would have had some notice of this person. I hadn't even known he was an agitator and was ousted by BLM until now. Exactly. So we here at the IRL podcast like to look into the facts and figure out what's going on. And we discover this guy, John Sullivan, even the left doesn't like him. You know, they're like, don't give him to us. We don't like the guy. We kicked him out. But he probably is still a leftist. Just, you know, violent one. Yeah, radical. Anthony Zavaro says Sullivan is probably CIA COINTEL Pro agent provocateur. Ooh, Anderson Cooper is former that. CIA. I am a gorilla. Spin the male vitality. Anderson Cooper was an, <laughs> oh, Ander, Anderson Cooper was an intern, right? For two, yeah. two summers. Yes. Yeah. And then he went to Iraq, I think, right? Well, I don't know about that he, part. Yeah, he interned. I believe he went to the Middle East. Yeah, yeah, yeah he mm-hmm. interned twice. And then he decided to go and just do journalism. So he made his own press card, went to Iraq to cover what was going. I think, was it Desert Storm? Was it that long ago? It has to be. Yeah, yeah, had to be, yeah. yeah I remember he was in the Middle East with his own uh, camera. Huh. Eric Miller says, Sullivan is not left or right. He's a mainstream media intern trying to start his career. I took a break and have been practicing guitar and making music. And maybe your tier system could be based on engagement and seniority. Yes, interesting. He could be the left-wing baked Alaska. Yeah. Oh. Daniel Maxwell says, politicians are always trying to fix problems that they created while adhering to their political ideology. Unlike statesmen and public servants who fix problems as they are identified by society for the betterment of society in spite of ideology. Yeah, like uh, like Ron Paul, I guess. <laughs> Is there, can you name anybody else? Do we, like, How many people would you consider to be true statesmen trying to solve problems? Mm. I'm sorry, states people. States persons. States people. States, per, states persons. Tulsi Gabbard? Josh Hawley, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. This is but a small jo- I, I Josh, think Josh Hawley's going to get primary. Hawley, Hawley like, got himself into hot water by, oh, like, yeah. with this riot thing. It's like, yeah. uh, before that, he was like, fine. Thomas Macy? Yeah, Thomas yeah, Macy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gareth Green says, Pool Sunbay, to continue our conversation from last night, your view of the power of big tech ignores the time equation. Twitter and Facebook did not exist 20 years ago. So what makes you so sure they will exist in 2040? Competition will arise on its own in 10 or 20 years. Maybe technology will change, and, and Facebook already was in decline. Young people were fleeing Facebook a long time ago, and they were struggling. And a lot of people were saying, Facebook is what my parents use, and they were using other things. So, yeah, we'll see. Stefan Morer says, Tim, you are wrong. Government regulation is not the answer to big tech censorship. If politics is downstream of culture, they need to reestablish a culture of free speech. We don't have a culture of freedom, but, a re- but, but of regulation now. No, I agree with you. That's why I've been, I've been telling everybody the move you have to make is cultural. If voting isn't going to get you want because Democrats control culture, you need to you need to engage and create and inspire. DJ White says, is it possible that banning Trump just made him more powerful than he was before in the end? It's probably a pretty self-defeating ban overall. Do you know that they censored Hitler and they imprisoned him? And then someone mentioned this the other day. What, what, is, what is it called? Like the beer hall push? Is that what it's called? I don't know. Not it was where there was an attempted coup. He got arrested and charged with treason. And then he came back later. And the, the, the lesson from history is not that fascists always try and cry censorship. It's that the censorship did not work. Mm. So keep that in mind. Mm. Gareth Green says, your whole theory that tech suppression will destroy the suppressed opinions assumes that big tech will not shrink and lose power on its own. The demand for platforms for the band means that eventually such platforms will find ways to beat them and they will go the way of White Castle. Wait, is White, was it White, White Castle still exists? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, it's a, I, I respect the point. Gab.com, for instance, just built their own infrastructure. So 
There you go. Matthew Oslin says, Tim, I love the show and all, and all you guys do. I live in Chicagoland and work in a union auto shop where almost everyone is a Democrat and Trump hater. How can I make progress in getting getting help to uh, getting help to see the other side of the coin? Um, I like what Fleckas did. Like Trump's kind of bad, but he's not that bad, right? No, come on, he's not that bad. He's he's bad though. Uh, you ever see those videos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. walks around, people be like, "Yeah, okay, I guess that's step one. Very easy." And then people would say, "Nah, he's pretty bad." Like, well, what do you think is bad? You know? Okay, that's kind of bad. You're right, but it's not that bad. Yeah, okay, I guess it's not that bad. It's that simple. I don't know, man. Talk to people, be honest and calm and rational, and then don't start fights. Let's see what we got here. Gareth Green says, didn't Parler find a new hosting site? Anyway, it's a try, try again scenario. If they failed, that just creates the opportunity for someone else to learn from it. Try again mm. and eventually succeed. Twitter will up the way, will go the way of White Castle hamburgers sooner or later. I mean, I'm pretty sure White Castle still exists. Yeah. Am I wrong about that? I thought so, yeah. Me too. <laughs> Jake DeGaff says, Beanie Club. Yes, the Beanie Club. Yes. Become a member of Beanie Club. You know what? We probably sign way more, more people up if I called it the Beanie Club. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I heard Maybe. someone call this place the Beanie Compound. Yeah, that's the right. Compound. That was me. That was yeah. 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 Well, you have a Santa beanie. Does that count as a beanie, the Santa hat? No. Yes, it does. That's a historic <laughs> Santa hat. <laughs> Andrew Mickelson says, in the morning, everyone. Uh, in the morning? Hmm. Love the bipartisan media coverage. Does anyone else feel like 2020 was a giant psyop? Hmm. Shout out to the No Agenda podcast, the Propaganda Report podcast, and Grimerica podcast. Hmm. Shout out. Thank you very much. Let's see what we got in this year. Box of Super Chats. Jimmy Quinto says, you think Dems want a symbiotic trade relationship with China to avoid war and make money while pushing for war in Russia to secure the industrial military complex and avoid bankruptcy? Yes. And it doesn't work. That was their strategy the whole time with China. That by creating lines of trade, it would prevent war when China eventually took over the, yeah, as the global superpower. It didn't work. China did not normalize, became more, inf- more authoritarian and more despotic. We just gave them power. Publius says, so you talked about the personalities and their addictions to social media, but what about the, the addicted users that are being cut off cold turkey? Doctors today do not remen- rem- recommend doing anything cold turkey that is habit forming. Yeah, what do you think is going to happen when mm. someone's got like all these followers and they get banned? Like, what do you think Trump's going to do? I don't know. 88 million followers? Yeah. He can't tweet anymore. Nothing? He's going to go to sleep? <laughs> no, no. Mar-a-Lago. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going to go play golf at his yeah. resort and say, I don't care. It's mine. Yeah. Abad says, you ask us not to use the same tactics. Then what do we do? Quit our jobs? Doesn't do much, but out us and leave us vulnerable. How do you overcome hate when that's what everyone responds to? Yell at someone? Be stoic? You... <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I'm not going to read it. Uh, shopping cart. Too true. Um, culture. Culture. And Comedy. Ryan Long is great. You guys seen, seen Ryan, yes. Ryan Long stuff? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. because he makes fun of everybody. And that's why Joe Rogan's great. And that's yeah. why there's, there's a bunch of comedians that do a good job because make fun of everybody is unifying. And, you know, I, I, look, I don't have all the answers, man. Jay Rico says, Tim, I agree. Uh, Tim, agree with Jorge. Being Hispanic, you'd get the chancla. <laughs> I feel many of us still <laughs> believe in the family structure. Maybe that will help in our future. What's, What's the, the chancla? It's, it's the chancla. sandal. Dude. So for those who don't know, <laughs> the Hispanic mom yeah. is is she's the Tom Brady with the chancla, bro. It doesn't Ooh, matter how far you are, she's sandal? nailing. Yeah, so, <laughs> she nails you. Yeah, with. I don't know why it's it's in the genes. It's 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 in the it's science. Maybe. All right, it's the way it is. I don't make the rules. I love it. <laughs> Bob Newman says, "I just heard a yar. We talking about sea shanties? <laughs> Trying to catch oh, up after yar. getting in here late." Love it. 
Yadok says, hey, I'm leaving Palmdale for Texas. It sucks here. Schooners is closed down. I don't know for how long. That's funny. Palmdale's my hometown. That's where we shot a lot of the documentaries. So oh, wow. there you go. So, cool. Cool. What's Schooners? Is that a famous thing? It's a, it's a, it's a local bar. Yeah. Oh, they, oh, and then yeah. the thing is, too, the Schooners, uh, when the outdoor dining ban came for like the first two weeks, they were defying orders, doing their thing. And I think LA County Public Health basically came down and says, you guys keep doing your thing. We're going to pull that liquor license. So wow. Shady Soldier says they already introduced legislation to abolish the Electoral College. I think it's time to get more aggressive, like shutting down D.C., well, that's, I haven't seen that, honestly. I, I've seen yeah. some stuff, but it'll never happen. It requires a two-thirds ratification. Yeah. That's just not going it's, to that's happen. That's not going to happen. Either. Yeah. They, they, they propose stuff all the time. I've seen like some sweeping outright gun bans, and I'm like, it'll never happen. Because yeah, no. you can't. You would need two-thirds ratification from all these states. You're not going to get it. C- Republicans are closer to two-thirds than Democrats are. Republicans have 30 states. Right. So you would need, what, like 37? So, Yeah. Not gonna these these massive changes won't happen, and because of Joe Manchin, they probably won't be able to pack the Supreme Court. Nathaniel Gordon says everyone should cancel the YouTube subscription to your channel and go to your actual page. On a side note, how do you feel about a independent audit of every government official? Oh, I'm for it, absolutely. Like it'll really happen. They'll they'll weaponize and use it against the politicians we do like. Yeah. So yeah, but that is good advice, Nathaniel. If you are a member or uh, just want to support me in general, support both, then go to TimCast.com, become a member, and we're going to have uh, exclusive behind-the-scenes content, events, and live streams coming soon just for our members. So we should have one put up tomorrow because we're going to hang out a little bit after the show and create some exclusive content. So let's just do a couple more of these Super Chats. Bobcat says, Tim, look through history. America has survived far worse than anything we face today. We're not facing anything we haven't beaten before. Just trust that our founding fathers weren't idiots. I agree. But it doesn't mean mm. that we, want, we aren't going to go through conflict and turmoil. It may be the end of the American empire in the sense that we have military bases all over the world. America will exist as a country, but it will change. We're a radically different country from when we were founded. So we we'll should still happens. do everything to prevent it from getting worse. Yeah. yeah. Logan Luck says, here is my stimulus. Your work is so important to me. <laughs> if we had an honest journalism apparatus, the corrupt government could not exist. The MSM is the real enemy. Logan gave us a $500 super chat. That is, oh, wow, seriously, really appreciate it. Uh, don't super chat us anything you are in need of if you need a stimulus, by all means. You know, the show does, the show is doing all right. Our biggest, biggest concern is the ban hammer. The purge is coming. Jack Dorsey said it. So I'm like, well, look, if I get banned and I'm, I'm totally out, then I'll go fishing. I'm not going to cry about it. <laughs> but before that happens, I will set up safety nets and try and make sure we, that doesn't happen to us. Track Media Only says, as Callie fails, do you think they will just allow a divorce? They will come for what others have uh, to support their existence. Ten-year tax thing sound familiar? Far left takes what others have. It can't sustain itself without what you have. Yeah, t- California wants to, put, put, uh, put, it wants to pass a tax where if you spend at least half a year in the state, no, no, I think it's 60 days or something, hmm. they can tax you for 10 years out of state. That's never going to fly. That's not going to fly, but it sounds like California. You you said theft wrong, Tim. Theft? Yeah. Yeah. Taxation? Yes. Let's see. uh, Gareth Green says, White Castle still exists, but it was once the dominant hamburger chain before the rise of McDonald's. (laughs) Really? Uh, I don't like White Castle. I like them. Let's see. Ambiguous Castaway says, Dude, they are censoring you and other Republicans super hard on Twitter. Check your suggestions on Twitter. I don't care. They could ban me and I'd be like, well, I guess it kind of sucks. Um, I hate Twitter so much. Oh, here's good news. Todd Harris says OnlyFans didn't ban Trump. Maybe we'll see him there soon. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, that's amazing. Oh All right, gosh. we'll take uh, just, just uh, two more. Tim Pauls says, hey, Tim, we have the same initials, LOL. Will you be releasing more original music? 
Also, I heard Trump declassified Obamagate stuff. Not sure if you guys covered that. Got here late. We didn't. We we do have more music coming. I recorded scratch tracks for like six songs. So we'll see what happens when it happens. And then um, I probably have like probably a thousand songs. I'm not even kidding. But, you know, of that of the songs that I would actually probably want to use. I've been playing music since I was like seven years old. So, yes, there's probably like a thousand different songs. There's probably like 50 that I think would be worth recording. So. All right, last one. Let's see what we got here. Silently in Atlanta says, The Force is with Luke. So Dog's new name is Logan. By the way, ever see the movie Trial of Chicago 7? Flip red and blue and take the third party and regroup. Roll the effort to change the culture and backbone of your Republicans. Well, right on. I think it's really uh, uh, culture is the key, man. Culture is. I, I you know? agree. I definitely agree with that so comment. So what's the name of your dog? I think it's going to be Atlas. That's not bad. Yeah. I like that. I yeah. think Atlas is fair. But then people are going to call her Addie or something. Whatever. Yeah. It has double meanings. Well, gentlemen. Oh, yeah. One one last thing. Thank you so much, Tim Pool's mom, for sending me an alien dog <laughs> chew toy. I really appreciate it. That's it was cool. really uh, kind-hearted of you. The dog loves the chew toy, and we love it, too. So thank you very much. And you want to mention your, your, your fancy shirts one more time? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, so my email list is on wearechange.org. Definitely sign up on there. My independent news organization is We Are Change on YouTube. And because I got demonetized, I started making shirts and that's the best way to kind of support me. I think I have over 100 shirts now. Check them all out cool. on wearechange.org forward slash shirts. Cool. Yep. Gentlemen, Enjoy. thanks so much for, for hanging out. You want to mention your socials and your documentary? Uh, you can just look me up at like Sagnik Basu, S-A-G-N-I-K-B-A-S-U, and you can find the documentary at dailycaller.com. Yeah, I'm a Jorge Ventura field correspondent on Twitter. I'm Ventura Report, Instagram, Jorge Ventura TV, and like Sagnik said, New uh, restaurant documentary just released. It's on dailycaller.com. It's free, easy. It's not behind a paywall. And once again, uh, you know, speaking from, from the behalf of Daily Caller, Tim, we really appreciate just uh, getting to share For what sure, these man. Americans are going through in, in Southern California that, um, to, to these owners, it was uh, very important to get the story out there. Right on. Thanks for hanging out. Maybe, hold on one last thing. Maybe we could do a Daily Caller versus Tim Pool team, uh, airsoft match <laughs> soon. Sure. And we should live stream that yeah. and maybe do like a whole vlog series. Yeah. Hey, that, that would be, be members only content right Definitely, there for you. Yeah. Well, we, we, got, we, we have a, it's, we're in the middle of nowhere, big wooded area. And, uh, yeah. I got some combat training I want to get out of my system. Nice. <laughs> and it'll be really fun to, to do it up with airsoft really and have fun. those two okay. different teams together. And we could even have, uh, you know, betting odds or, uh, not even betting odds, but let's, let's play for a wager of yeah. some sort. Yeah. Cool, cool. Sure. I, I like that. That's a good <laughs> idea. Don't forget, you can follow at Sour Patch Lidge. He's present on the book. You can. And I am actually now on Gab. Uh, Sour Patch Lids was already taken. I was crushed last night to discover that. So I am real Sour Patch Lids, um, L-Y-D-S there as well. So you can follow me on Gab. I have like a hundred something followers on there and, uh, I'm really looking forward to using it instead of Twitter. So follow me yeah. there. And don't forget, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and minds.com at TimCast. We do the show Monday through Friday live at 8 p.m. So come hang out. We'll be back tomorrow. Should be a whole lot of fun. But don't forget to go to TimCast.com, become a member, because we're actually going to do another segment. And I think it's going to be, you know, it's probably going to be humorous nonsense, yeah. to be completely honest. Because <laughs> yes. we were talking about something before they started the show that I, I want to I wanna keep talking about. Yes. We'll see how it rolls. We just launched TimCast.com on, on this, this, this past week. We still got to work out all the bugs. So the secret to starting any business is to just do it, which means the first bits of members-only content you're probably going to get, you're probably going to be like, that is ridiculous and silly. 
And then we're eventually going to get in the flow of things and figure out the real value that we can provide with our guests and the conversations that are a bonus. I don't want to keep any important, pertinent news information locked away behind a paywall because then people who can't afford it, you know, there's things you need to know for your life. But the silly, fun conversation stuff as the bonus for, you know, those who really want to support the show, we will have for you. So again, go to TimCast.com, become a member. And you can also check out my other YouTube channels, YouTube.com slash TimCast, YouTube.com slash TimCastNews. We'll be back tomorrow at 8 p.m. Thanks for hanging out, and we will see you all then. Bye, guys.